Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show and part two of a very informative and what to me ended up being a very encouraging eight hours in a Twitter space a few days ago that quite honestly began regarding the conversation of narratives and this white supremacy narrative that we see uh, building momentum, not only from the Department of Homeland Security, but uh, our FBI as well, uh, attempting to convince black and all Americans that their number one enemy is the white person, that white supremacists are running all over the country wild. It is the number one threat to all of America's civilization ever. Not to mention, you have the national security apparatus uh, lying about white America uh, en masse, and you have the church swearing into it. So the impetus, the inspiration for the show that turned into an eight-hour Twitter space was me once again taking exception to the likes of Beth Moore, and her heretical teaching on white supremacy. And just as you're about to hear in my exchange with someone who uh, is a leader in the foundational black American uh, movement, and he will explain what that is to you quite well, actually, for those of you who are not aware that there is a movement, an ideology, uh, with regard to foundational black Americans, Um, I highly encourage you to listen to this show because it is a very real movement. They have very real uh, concerns, uh, doctrine, demands, as you will hear. Um, And they have real grievances, to be honest with you. And whether you agree with them or not is really beside the point. And that wasn't really my place to agree or disagree in this space. I I opened the space because I wanted to inform people of the danger that all of us are falling into um, with regard to believing anything that comes out of mainstream media. First of all, much less our national security apparatus whenever it comes to trying to unify this country, which is not its number one agenda. And it uses narratives and tropes and Hollywood and all those other things, storytelling, lies, to keep us divided in the midst of an absolute invasion of our borders. So the replacement theory is not about white Americans only. And you're going to hear that in this next part of the show. We touched on a few, a few folks uh, touched on it in the first uh, show of this. But during the second half, you're going to get a much broader understanding of uh, exactly who knows what's up. And I think it's really fascinating as a political strategist, 
I mean, the GOP, the DNC, these people are so asleep at the wheel. You know why? Because they don't care. They don't care about whites. They don't care about blacks. All they care about are numbers, kickbacks, exploitation of demographics. That's it. That is their fuel. That is their blood. And they don't care if there's spilled blood between the rest of us. And I happen to care. I happen to care. And someone said to me, boy, you really do, you know, just, you know, wow. Kudos to you for sitting in this space for eight hours. And, you know, and uh, I'm like, well, well, actually, it's not really kudos to me. What it is, is it should be, um, whether I agree with reparations or not, that's not the point. The point is this. I hate a spirit of manipulation. I'm going to say that again. I hate the spirit of manipulation. And I love people. Period. I don't care what color you are. But the systems that are in place to manipulate us, to keep us completely upended and aggrieved by everything and offended by everything. Yes, those systems are very much so in place. And they're common for all of us just how it is. And I'm, I, I gotta be honest with you, disagreements be damned. Um, I'm actually thrilled that people in the black community are awake to how they're being manipulated. They're tired of being manipulated and exploited. They are uh, ready for change in this country. I don't agree with how some people go about change in this country, but that's my God-given right. I wish more people understood the concept of unalienable rights as opposed to waiting for any system, man-made, black, white, or otherwise, to allow for what God says we have a right to, which is our birthright, our identities, I mean, there's some stories that are shared in this next segment that um, I want you to really pay attention to. So when you're talking about, you know, National Natural Hair Day, and, and you're like, well, what is that about? And why would anyone care about Natural Hair Day, right? Well, there's a young lady in this segment who's going to tell you exactly why it's important. And when you think about how fundamental it is for someone to be able to trace their lineage and, and have access to their own name. That is actually something that most white people cannot, um, uh, cannot fathom, to be honest with you, or those who have been adopted, right? And you can't trace your lineage. There's really something to that. And really the only reason I have solace uh, where my life is concerned is because I have accepted adoption by Abba Father, Yahweh, Elohim. I have accepted my adoption. And so whether man rejects me on the side of eternity or abandons me or says that I don't belong, I'm not his, I'm less than, whatever, um, which have all occurred in my life, yes, even as a white person, Um. My choice is to believe that I do belong, 
to someone much greater than any of this mess down here. But I'm very grateful for the space that took place. And um, I don't consider myself any kind of a courageous hero for that. I very simply love people. And I hate a spirit of manipulation. And that is what's been occurring in this country for a very long time. But it has absolutely uh, been heightened here in recent years. And it's sad. And we don't have time to be hating on each other, pointing fingers at each other while we are literally being invaded. Here we go. Enjoy the show. Okay, who's next? The the thing about the okay, so the foundation of Black Americans, you know, I I love them, but I also am like, come on, man. So the the foundational uh, Black Americans, you know, they do have some really great points. You know what I'm saying? But then they, but then it's just like, why do we have to go? Why do we have to take it to the other level? You know what I'm saying? Like. Why do we have to overcorrect? See, I'm I'm not even invited in to be in a foundational Black American because I'm only half Black. You know, I can't even. You know, they don't even want me. Shit, it's like they don't want me either. You know. Well, I. You know what? I want you, girl. You can be. You can look. The struggle is real. I do love them because they're, they're, I, they do make some good points because it's like, you know, when you talk about stuff like reparations, on yeah. a, when, when you're thinking about something like reparations on its faith, yeah. you're like, no, right? But when you look at somebody like Judge Joe Brown or, you know what I mean, somebody like that, who you, who and you ask them about reparations in their minds or, or Maj Touré or Sonny Johnson, they're talking about Black-owned businesses, black-owned banks, yeah, um, you yeah. know those kinds sure. of things. Um, schools, uh, schools where you know they can they you know they can send their children to like like King Randall, right. those kinds of things. Right. And, you know that is some. I mean, I can totally understand that. I'm not saying not to say that you know I agree with that, but I can totally understand it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean, there we have we have all kinds of cultures that that you know geared towards their certain demographic, right? And so it's not out of the. I mean, we have we have Jewish schools, we have Chinese schools, sure. you know, what I'm saying where they you know have their own thing. So it's not it's not like it's not like it's you know not a doable thing. So when you talk about reparations in that respect, then you kind of go like, uh, I mean, you know, okay, I can see as an as an eight person, I can see how that is something that you know should be considered. You know what I mean? And weigh out all the options of. Well, what's but, interesting? You know, reparations on his face. Yeah. No. Nah. What? Okay. <laughs> you know, well, like, what's interesting face, nah. about that is that if you look at the country and our economic standing right now, you know. Um, I, I I don't, how do I word this? <sighs> yeah, well, I'll just say this. All of us are being played economically, socioeconomically, geopolitically. We're all being played. And, um, and I say that with knowledge and with wisdom. Uh, and I don't say that as a white person. Um, 
I just say that for a matter of fact, and many of you in this space know what I'm talking about. You know that it's true. Um, and I think, you know, the great, I say this a lot, the great, um, I say it so much. I forgot what I said. Um, the great equalizer since, since we're all going to talk equity and inequality, there's nothing like suffering on a national level that brings a great equalizer unless you're part of the elite. And it doesn't matter what color you are, what party persuasion you are. Both parties have their elites. Both ethnicities, all ethnicities have their elites for that matter, not just white or black, right? And so if you find yourself, you know, in futuristically in the not so distant future with a market implosion, with the inability to feed your children, which we see that now happening uh, with baby formula, right? Everybody's babies need to eat. That's an equalizer. And so I think it's going to get really interesting in the times ahead in this country. Um, and I, you know, I always, you know, and who knows what God's up to. I do think he's providential. Um, I just think it's interesting. I want you guys to hear each other's voices and to hear the frustration and the anger and the, you know, hell no, we won't go. And the, you know, you can suck it. This is how it is. And I'm not telling you about my money and it's none of your business. And, and I, I want everyone to hear this. And this is why I hosted this show. And I also want others to be able to hear other people who don't look like you, who don't vote like you, who aren't of the same sexual persuasion as you, of the same belief system as you. Because this is what it's about. You need to see what how people really think, how they feel, right? People's reality. Everyone has a different reality. All right. Who's next? Um, Mike is next and then Mimi. I believe that's the way it went. Or maybe it was, which one of y'all? Let's do the honors with Me. Mimi. Okay. It was you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, honey. Hello, everyone. Hey, Mimi. I'm on a good space. Hey, thank you, ma'am. Hi, Gabs. Y'all. Oh. It was a lot. I don't know where to start, but I'm going to try to like kind of pick up because um, I just wanted to talk about some real quick. I'm paying attention to the government right now and what's going on. I think it's that time of the season. I want to talk about the Buffalo, um, the shooting. I just find it. It was another like J6. Y'all notice how we still don't know who started J6 type situation. I feel like the party is desperate and, um, that's kind of like what's going on. It's hateful. It's disgusting. It's evil. Um, there are some people that would do certain things for money. Sure. Maybe which, like, which party do you think is desperate, uh, if you clarify that? Of course. I mean, you see, you know, it's going to be a red wave coming real soon. Okay. You okay. know. Um, okay. I'm really into politics, Monica. We spoke yeah, before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, me too. I, I, Sadly. I, I, um. The thing is, people, I don't care what color you are, you have to realize, like, if you're a U.S. citizen, you have to realize what's really going on when you talk about white supremacy, uh, Black Lives Matter and stuff. I noticed that wave coming through my vocabulary, through my surge in my um, laptop. It came very, very high when Biden became president. Um, I know racism exists. I know it's evil people. 
Um, I know it's like it, and it exists in every party, every race. It's crazy people out there. That's called evil. Sure. Period. I don't care how you want to put a dress on it, what color they are. It's still evil, right? When you hurt others, right? Agreed. I'm a Christian. Um, real quick, let me. Um, um, the, the lady that was here, yeah, she said reparations. Um, if you feel that you are old monties, it's not for every black person. Because I'm one of those black women, you know that. Um, I stopped messing with it because I'm going to tell you why. Reparations is land. It's it's a state. It's simple as that. You can look it up. They still have an office you can go to and apply for. It's not for every black person, American black people. Okay. Once upon a time, yes, maybe, you know, there was land or what have you. Now, you have to pay attention. Some of those um, owners, it could have been your great-grandfather. It could have been, you know, because some of the black folks were slaving their own black people, too. Keep that in mind. It's a double-edged sword. I would never forget. It was this young lady that came in a space I was in. She was very interesting. I hope she's here today. And she was, like, 26. And she said she looked up because she was, you know, interested in reparations and wanted the monies because she's into business or what have you. And as she was telling the story and she looked up and, you know, she had to pay money and found out that her father, great, great, great grandfather and all this and so on and so on, was a slave owner. When she found that out, the family found that out. Guess what? They they didn't want the reparations because if you had that type of uh, control or what have you, it's evil. Black even if you was a white, you know, person that had slaves. Because at the end of the day, and I'm going to tell you something, and some people, the room is full. Remember when Kanye West said that um, slave was a, a, what did he say? He He said said it was a choice. It was a choice. When he said that, he was saying after the slaves were freed, okay? Some stayed, some went along. Right. And I'm going to do something real quick because, mind you, there was a movie that came out. It was called Colored Purple. If that's if I want to take what Kanye West said, which is a fact, because some some stayed and some left, that would be Oprah's um, father. Because they left. Because if you pay attention to the movie, it was majority black. Right. Right. And it was like two or three. But anyways, I'm going to get off of that. But I just want to say this. If you believe that you are owed reparations, you can apply for it today. There are some that can possibly, but I guarantee you this, those aunties and uncles and nephews and all that, they're already going to put their hands on it. Or in it was sold. Or in you might owe on that if you keep searching. However, I would hate for you to walk around today and talking about reparations. Because if you look it up today, reparations, I'm going to tell you what reparations, you can look it up. Reparations is pretty much what we got when we got that stimulus check for that COVID. So don't walk around, black people, I'm tired of it. If you feel like you're owed that, go apply. But it's not for everybody. Stop thinking 
you're owed something because that's what our ancestors fought for. That's called Abraham Lincoln. That's called the Republican Party. They've already took care of that. Being a U.S. citizen, you can do whatever you want to do. But if you keep thinking like that, you're going to be broke. If you sit up here and be racist and think white people and this and that, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're going to be broke because it does, like, come on, man. You, you're you a U.S. citizen. Do you see our open borders? Those are the people that's coming from these countries that you're sitting up here talking about, I'm from Africa. They're trying to come over here. You know why? Because we have the Constitution. So when you sit up here and talk about, well, vice supremacy, it's a setup. And I'm tired. And thank you for letting me speak. And I'm going to keep it right there. You're welcome. There is a such thing as being racist. And there is a such thing as being prejudiced. And that I am. Because guess what? I don't like some white people. I don't like some black people. I don't like Filipinos. You know what? Because I judge them by their character. And guess what? If I don't like their business, guess what? I do not go and give them my money. Amen to that. I hear you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for that um, and for pointing people to where they can um, go and apply uh, for reparations today. Um, okay, so I know Gabs has got a bail. Uh, we have a yeah, full house. Thank you so much for having me. You're I, welcome. This was fun. You're welcome. Um, Yeah, and we've got 10 who's going to step in. And for those of you in the speaker space, do me a favor and uh, raise your hand. Uh, Happy to bring you guys up. I see I have some, um, (laughs) I have upset some people having this conversation who apparently think it's cool to threaten people's lives on Twitter. Um, You know, I'm no stranger to that. And if I was coming to this conversation with anything other than respect and honor and love for the only supreme being, which to me is Jesus the Christ, Son of God, um, I would let that bother me. But I don't. And that's not the spirit with which I'm here. So, uh, And I do appreciate you guys taking time out of your day um, to be here and to chime in on this conversation. And um, and for those of you, okay, so here's what we're going to do. Um, can I finish, Can I say what I was going to say, Monica? I've been here since Moby Dick was a sardine. Um, yeah, so I have not been keeping up with um, hands. That's why I had a co-host, and I know Gabs is busy doing other stuff. Uh, so I'm going to let Tim take that. But, Mike, yeah, if you've been here for a minute. And then I do want to go over to um, – Mr. Uh, Al-Shamiri, who says that he has something uh, worthwhile to contribute to this conversation. So let's go to these two. And then um, I am actually, I thought Tariq was in the space. I was looking forward to having him come up and uh, chime in on the conversation. But I think he has left the building. Um, And so I am going to, um, I have got to end my podcast but I'm happy to keep our space going for a bit longer. I'm sure you guys have other things to do today. And uh, again, um, you know, my heart is for the sake of, uh, of really outing the fact that there is a real push to keep um, all of us very divided from the narrative warfare space. I'm not here to argue whether or not reparations um, should be a thing, um, you know, 
Yeah, that, that wasn't the heart behind this conversation. So for those of you who are in here just kind of proverbially or otherwise armed, um, you know, thinking that that's what this space is about, it's not. <laughs> so, uh, okay, let's go with Mike, and then we're going to move over to uh, Mr. Al Shamiri, and then, um, Tan, I'll let you take it from there. For We're going to go for about another 15 minutes in this space, and I'm going to have to shut this down. I can understand why, and I'm sorry to hear that you're getting threats. That's just... Uh... That's unbelievable, and it shouldn't be happening. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Uh, my parents, my great-grandfather, actually, I was a great-great-grandfather, came from Ireland. Uh, he fought for the North in the Civil War. So I go way back. My family heritage goes way back. Uh, he fought for the North. We still have a canteen that he had. The canteen was made out of ceramic, of all things back then and uh he was irish and uh i'm irish my mother is, is mostly german so i'm mixed irish german um uh, as far as as far as reparations are concerned i think what i based on what i just said i think you could make a valid case that white people are owed reparations if you want to say black people are owed reparations reparations you could say the irish are owed reparations but for all the money that we put into welfare and uh affirmative action and all that all those other programs to help blacks uh white people would be much much richer we're talking trillions of dollars that white people have gone that have paid for black people to help them out. Are they grateful for that? They don't sound like it to me. So I really think that uh, what they're talking about, I've got a black follower, Aaron Stewart, who just followed me and he nailed it. I think it's all about accountability. It has nothing to do with what the FBI is doing or the government or anybody else. It's all about accountability. People have to take personal accountability for their own actions. You can't have somebody who's a black guy having babies and then just not supporting that baby. You can't have them out in the street shooting people, killing people without uh, fear of the law. And until if you ask what black people, why they think they are, are owed reparations, how well were they doing before they came to the United States? Most black people, the vast majority of them, before they, came, before they came here as slaves, they came from Nigeria. Well, how's Nigeria doing? How's Tanzania doing? How's Congo doing? Right now, Nigeria is ranked number one over in Africa uh, as far as their GDP is concerned. But how are they doing? They're ranked... According to this, what I'm looking at is statistic. They're ranked, Nigeria is 136 out of 160, 163 countries in the 2020 Social Progress Index. And according to the Global Poverty Report, this is despite their number one GDP in Africa, the Global, the global, global Poverty Report reports that Nigeria is the third most country impacted by terrorism. 
according to the 2020 Global Terrorism Index. So just because you have a GDP, a, a high GDP, it's all relative. Right behind them is Egypt, and then at the and then ranked third is South Africa. Egypt's Egyptians aren't black. South African is black, but it was a lot of a lot of them are uh, German and Dutch, white people, and look how they're being treated. So you ask these black people how Nigeria is doing and how Africa in general is doing, and most of them probably don't even realize that they're not doing that well. Look at Haiti. How's Haiti doing? They're black. So we, so don't tell me as a white person who's been here since before the Civil War, uh, you know, ancestry-wise, that I owe you a penny. If you think you're going to get it, you're not. There's no white people in the United States who are going to put up with it. You're not going to get a fucking dime. Okay. Pardon my French. Well, on that note. Americans are not going to pay reparations to blacks ever. Okay, Mike. Um, so we're going to bring it down a couple of notches. Um, that is a very interesting opinion. Yes. Yeah. Is it my turn? I'm not really sure. Uh, we have uh, No, actually, Al- I don't think so. I think Al- it's Al- Mr. Shemiri. Yeah, Mr. Alshamiri. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, Ms. Alshamiri. I'll just be real quick. When I, Mike, I want you to stay right here in this room when I go. Because I got some, I'm not going to speak French, but I got some language for your ass. Oh, well, if, if that's how we're going to do this, <laughs> then I, I would okay, encourage you to start. bring it down. Yeah, just go ahead, please. Okay, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to speak about this subject from a different perspective. I am not black American or African American. I'm not white. Um, I come from the Middle East. I came to this country when I was 14 years old. I grew up here. I went to college. I married a, a, an Italian Catholic woman. Yes, racism do exist. However, I don't think the United States of America today uh, is uh, a racist country or there is systematic racism in this country based on laws, based on equal opportunity, based on a lot of different factors. I think, you know, everybody is not looking at the big picture. The big picture is this. Instead of us, the people, you know, uniting uh, uh, against the elites of both parties, uh, uh, we are being played in a big way. The fact is we have to label ourselves as Arab American, African American, white American, Asian American, is dividing us from looking at the big picture. The big picture is this, the elites are making money, the elites, political and corporate elites are doing very fine. You know, they're black, white, Asian, they live in a very good zip codes while the rest of us uh, Uh, a struggle while the rest of us fighting one another. Uh, 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 This is, um, you know, I've been living here almost for 20-something years. I did very fine in this great country. I love, it's my second, it's my first home. I grew up here. Uh, uh, You know, America is not perfect, you know, but historically speaking, even during, you know, slavery times, who owned the slaves are 1% of the whites. So, it always was the elites 
uh, who con controlled the narrative. I think white supremacy, Black Lives Matter, all this stuff is very, uh, 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 um, it's made just to divide uh, uh, the society and divide the people from one another. I think we all could coexist uh, and uh, uh, change the status quo in this country. It's still the greatest country in the world. There is nothing compared to the United States of America. There is uh, uh, no constitution in the world compared to the U.S. Constitution. Uh, uh, our uh, rights in this country is given by the creator, is not given by the government. We, we all should understand that and work with one another uh, 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 to change the status quo and, and hold our government accountable to us. $40 billion just disappeared, sent to the Ukraine and disappeared while people in Chicago need money, while people in, in, in uh, uh, bad zip codes need money, while our kids need money. This is my perspective. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Thank you for uh, thank you for being with us. I appreciate so before, that perspective. Before um, yeah. I believe it's Marcel goes, I just want to state that, you know, this this aspect of reparations is highly complicated and you know i i don't back what uh mike said there i think that there's there's an issue that right you know the the us constitution prohibits uh a taxation on a person by the basis of their skin color so if you're going to get reparations in one direction you can't have it uh you know a tax on white people or asian people to play, pay for black people Okay. And the other, and the other so, side of this, but just let me finish, and I'll, and I'll give you this platform. You can continue and say, say, you know, say your give your reaction. But the other side of this coin is there's this other aspect where our federal government, when they quote unquote pay people reparations, they actually make it a national debt, and then we all, we all, including black people, end up paying the tax on on that. So it's really just a temporary loan, and it was very much how these stimulus checks were done. Because now we're paying for it in, in inflation. Yeah. You know, it, it is that kind of wicked. But anyway, go ahead, Marcel. Oh, so thank y'all for ha having me. I figured Mike was going to run off. That's oh, no, 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 he didn't. No, I, I moved do, him. I moved him. About to get hey, Marcel, Marcel, so hold on. First I want to clear up hold, a huge misconception. Hold on a second. Hold on, Marcel, hold on. I moved him out I of the speaker clear, space. Please do. I want to clear up a huge misconception. First of all, thank you for having me up here. Yeah. I want to say that reparations is not a tax on any living U.S. citizen. It is not. That is a lie. First of all, I doubt Mike can even afford a damn dollar meal off the McDonald's menu. Okay? So I don't think, I'm not, no one's looking to Mike to pay us reparations. The truth of the matter is the federal government was enriched by the labor of my ancestors who were enslaved in this here land. He talks about he's been here since the Civil War. My family's been here since before the Revolutionary War, going back in records. So the reason his ancestors, the Irish, came here is because of the work that my ancestors did in building the infrastructure of this nature. If you do your research, before the arrival of people that were captured from the African continent, some people say um, Black people were here, indigenous, whatever, I'm not getting into that conversation, the 13 colonies were largely failing. As a matter of fact, some people were starting to go back. In the case of South Carolina, once the Black people came and settled on the coast of South Carolina and they started growing rice, 
that was the first source of significant wealth for the 13 colonies and then for the U.S. Army. You can even do the research on the Revolutionary War. What was it that the Union Army was wearing? They were clothing themselves with indigo that was created and dyed by Black Americans, okay? The infrastructure that was built for this country was done by Black Americans. And I know um, I forgot your name, and I don't want to mispronounce it. He mentioned that it was the elite who were slaveholders. That may have been true, but that being said, it wasn't just the elite that was fighting to keep slavery. The Confederacy wasn't just that 1% of enslaved slaveholding people. A whole bunch of white people who own slavery themselves, but they definitely agreed with it to the point they were willing to die to fight to try to maintain it. I also want to bring up the fact, I find it really strange that we talk about how reparations will be an attack against white people. The truth of the matter is reparations is something that America has been doing since before the 1800s. They've done it for several Native American tribes. They did it for the Japanese Americans. We even did it for the Holocaust survivors, even though the only role we played in the Holocaust was stopping the Nazis. My great-grandfather is still very much alive. He's in his late 90s. He moves from South Carolina, lives in New York City. He is a World War II vet. Guess what happened when he returned from fighting the Nazis overseas? He came back to the United States of America, and guess what he was able to experience? He saw his white veterans get trillions of dollars from the GI Bill, what's sometimes called the Readjustment Act. They used that to buy homes, to open businesses, to get pensions, to go to college, to get health care. Guess what my great-grandfather got? Not a damn penny. So when his white veterans had their children, they were able to pass down land, housing, businesses, and other assets to them. Guess what he was able to give to my grandmother, his daughter? Nothing but the same poverty in which he had been born in. Let's go back further than that. Let's go to the 1860s when Abraham Lincoln signed the Homestead Act. Guess what the Homestead Act did? It gave away 10% of the entire nation of the United States of America, hundreds of millions of acres given to 98% of whom were white Americans. To this day, 48 to 60 million white American families can trace their wealth back to the Homestead Act. And from where does most wealth come in the United States of America? It comes from land. That being said, Black Americans coming out of slavery without a penny being given to us, us being functionally illiterate, us having to deal with extreme anti-Black violence. Matter of fact, one study says that the Black population decreased by 25% after slavery ended because there was no incentive to, to, make, to protect us. We still were able to build over 50 Black Wall Streets. We still were able to amass between 16 to 19 million acres of property. And that's with lynching being the number, well, number one cause of lynching was land theft. We were still able to achieve those things. But what happened? Our Black Wall Streets were burned to the ground and our land was stolen. Let's not even talk about redlining. Let's not even talk about Jim Crow. All the while, the same government was giving away hundreds of millions of acres of land to white Americans, was investing in the education, home ownership, 
of white Americans, the education of white Americans, the health care of white Americans, while denying it to black Americans. Reparation is not a taxation on white Americans. It is the federal government repairing the damage they have done to black Americans. And I imagine some people in this room consider themselves Republicans. I always find it a great hypocrisy for any Republican in the Senate. They're the party of Abraham Lincoln. What was the last thing Abraham Lincoln was doing before he was killed? It was reparations. He signed Special Field Order 15. I'm Gullah Geechee. I live right here in the area where General Sherman met with the 20 black pastors and Special Field Order 15 was created. I have land from Special Field Order 15. It's heirs' property, so I get no value from it. So if you're going to be the party of Abraham Lincoln, you need to do what even Abraham Lincoln recognized needed to be done. He recognized that simply ending chattel slavery was not enough. He recognized that they needed, let me turn this damn phone off, give me one second. He recognized that they needed to be repaired from the damage that had been inflicted upon them during chattel slavery. Had America paid reparations then, we would be not in the predicament in which we are now. I hate when people say, well, no one who's a slave is still alive. Well, I say to any white person who says that, give up any inheritance you may have gotten. Did, did you inherit land? I'm black. Did I'm you? Black. Okay, okay, yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. I let you speak. Now I'm going to speak. Okay? I say to any white person or any black person to make you feel included, I say to any white person or any black person who's ever inherited anything, whether it was money, whether it was land, whether it was businesses, whether it was stocks, bonds, give that up because you didn't do the work for that. Your parents did. Your grandparents did. Your great-grandparents did. If we're going to play that whole you didn't do the work so you don't deserve to get paid for a game, that means none of us should be inheriting anything. That means from the moment we're born in this country, all of us should start from scratch. How's that? I also want to call out Mike. He has the audacity to talk about the African continent. Most African countries, and by no means am I a pan-African, but most African countries are 50 to 60 years old. That has how some countries got independence when I was a kid. South Africa, apartheid ended in South Africa when I was in like third or fourth grade. Meanwhile, let's look at what's happening in Europe right now. Once again, Europeans are slaughtering the hell out of each other, as they did with World War I, as they did with World War II, as they did during their crusades, as they did during the feudal wars. Europeans have mastered the art of slaughtering one another. But the difference is when World War I, which was called the Great War, occurred, and then World War II happened, they dragged everyone else into their tribal wars. They killed each other on a level the world had never seen. Guess who stepped in and had to save Europe, and not only save them, but had to repair them? Black Americans did, fighting a part of the American army. After World War II, guess what the United States of America did? They invested what is now trillions of dollars in Europe in plans called the Marshall Plan. Not just Europe, but also in East Asia. If it wasn't for the Marshall Plan, but was taken from the wealth of America, wealth that would not exist if not for Black Americans, Europe would still be the shithole that it was. We built Europe up. 
while at the same time not investing a penny in the Black American soldiers who went over to Europe to stop the Nazis. We are doing the same thing right now as we speak with Ukrainians. I take offense as well, Monica, I think I heard you say this, or someone, I think the lady who was on with you said it. I take offense as well to this nation sending trillions of dollars to Ukraine right. while you have Americans here who are struggling to get the bare necessities, while you have Amen. Americans who are homeless, Black Americans, 15 to 20% of the population, over 55% of the homeless, but they're putting trillions in Ukraine. But my question is to everyone in the space, what would Ukraine look like if America wasn't buffering them up right now? Amen. They will look the same way that German and Italy look before America fixed them up and repaired them. America, the first thing the American army did at the end of World War II, before we started paying reparations to the Holocaust, before we started pouring in trillions of dollars to Israel, do y'all know the first thing the American army did? I know, because my great-grandfather was there. They made the Nazis, the Germans, give land back to the Jews. America never did such a thing for Black Americans. What else did America do? When the Claims Conference came along, they gave Jews a homeland and invested billions of dollars into it. They invested billions of dollars in technological enhancement and in military equipment to protect that nation. And then on top of that, they paid them reparations. America's never done any of that for their own people. So while America was fixing up Europe, putting trillions of dollars into them, they never done a thing for the people to whom they've owned trillions of dollars. And that is Black Americans. So I want to say to Mike, you talk about Amer what America's not going to put up with. Let me tell you one thing. If you listen, you motherfucker. Black Americans okay, ain't going to put up with. Uh, it, it, no, we're not. We're not doing that in here. Uh, well, and especially language. after making such a great and, uh, case. The same goes for Mike. As you see, Mike is gone. Yeah. So uh, I'll let you wrap it up there, but let's start with the language, please. Thank you. Hey, Marcel, because you've, you know, you for real brought a lot of good information. So I don't want that to be diminished. Um, you Thank know. you. Yeah. I, yeah. Brock, I just want to say, Tendo, Mike was up here saying some incredibly anti-Black things and was never stopped in check. And I know y'all want to let people speak openly, but there's a difference when someone speak openly and letting this guy go on a full-blown anti-Black rant. And out of respect for your room, Monica, I sat there and I didn't interrupt him. But I want to tell people like him, you don't, like Nina Simone said, you don't tell me, I tell you. Black America, Black Americans, what we're not going to put away is not being paid the debt that this nation owes us. And I also want to call out this lie about the debt. This is something we really need to talk about. America is a monetary sovereign, okay? Just like France, just like the UK, just like Australia. Monetary sovereign refers to federal governments that create their own currency. I, they have been Republican chairs of Federal Reserves. There have been liberal chairs of the Federal Reserves. Two examples I always mention are Ben Bernanke and Alan Greenspan. They both mention that it is impossible for the United States of America to not pay its bills. It is impossible for the United States of America to run out of money. State governments are financed by taxes, okay? State governments run off of taxes. Federal governments create the currency that goes into circulation in the economy. What federal governments have to concern themselves with is inflation. And inflation can be caused by a variety of factors. 
Contrary to popular belief, inflation is rarely caused by us putting too much money in the economy. Inflation is usually caused when you get jackasses in charge, like we got right now in the White House, who interrupts the supply lines by doing dumb things like stupid mandates and over-regulating industries to the point where you regulate people out of it. That actually causes inflation more than the latter. But this myth that the federal government cannot pay reparations because it's going to put us into debt, let's talk about debt. What we call debt is when we refer to expenditures by the federal government that they don't collect back in taxes. But the thing is that we all know the federal government doesn't need taxes. So what the federal government does with that quote unquote debt is they turn them into U.S. Treasury bonds or yellow dollars. What happens with those yellow dollars? Credit unions buy them. Banks buy them. Other countries buy them. Investors buy them. And the U.S. government pays them interest on those bonds. And that helps to put money into the economy. That's how we can go to bank and get loans. That's how we're able to make these large investments. But at any time the federal government wants, they can turn those yellow dollars into green dollars. And that is something they have done before and something they does all the time. We are in a fiat monetary system, which really means it's just numbers on a computer. This debt list is only really brought up when it's time to do something for Black Americans. No no one asks about that when we're spending $20 billion a month on some stupid wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. No one talks about that when Donald Trump sent out three stimulus checks. The Republican Party was right there and they signed on to it. The same deficit health. No one talked about that when they doubled the amount of unemployment from 300 to 600 a week. No one talked about debt when they put trillions of dollars out there in PPP loans. No one talked about debt when they, they developed these vaccines and they did an education program and they distributed them. No one talks about debt when the military gets to spend trillions of dollars outside of their budget just an experiment. The only time we hear about debt, oh, and by the way, all that stuff was done under Donald Trump while he did historic tax cuts. And that was something that a lot of conservatives cheered. So how are we worried about that and yet at the same time celebrating tax cuts? The reason they can cheer is because taxes are completely relevant to the federal budget. If Trump was able to spend those trillions of dollars while we are at a historic level of tax cuts, we can definitely do that for reparations. The truth be told, we often ask if this country can afford to do reparations. We need to be asking, can it afford not to? And the answer to that is absolutely not. Okay. Marcel, how's your race going? You running for Congress? Did I lose you? I wanted to answer some of his questions. Can I? Uh, you absolutely can, Mimi. Uh, yeah, I was just curious as to how his race was going. Um, uh, let me address something because I'm hearing this uh, from a gentleman on um, hey, YouTube. I have to leave and come back. Mark, okay. can you me up? My phone just went silent. Yeah, you're good. Hello? You're good. Well, yeah, we can hear you now. Uh, I think Mimi wanted to... to. Go back to listen and come back okay. up. Give me a minute. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Listen, so here, here's the thing. So some of you guys are offended that I let people go on and on. And what's interesting is that I'm getting it from both sides of this conversation. And I think it's, first of all, no one has, if anyone called for violence, as soon as you guys get rowdy with the language, like it's time, gotta go, gotta go. Sandman's coming up. Everybody's off the stage. Like, I'm just not going to tolerate that. We're not going to talk to each other that way. It's just crazy, totally unnecessary. It's ridiculous. So, uh, but listen, you, you guys, you know, 
no one's calling for violence. Nobody's coming for other than some of the people apparently who I'm getting screenshots from talking about me in other spaces. Um, so yeah, some people are calling for violence, but no one in this space has done that. And I think it's important for people to be able to, you know, uh, put their thoughts out there about how they believe and how they see things, which Marcel just very articulately did, uh, long winded, but great information, uh, clearly passionate, whether you agree with him or not is really, or I do or not is really neither here nor there. Um, now we have gotten slightly off the mark with regard to what this space was about. And I'm going to bring it back around before we end this space. Um, but I want to, because he brought you back into the conversation, uh, Mimi, uh, go, go for it. Okay. Thank you. I had a question for him, um, but he, I hope he's here. I want to know who is they, cause he kept saying they, um, he kind of had me like on a canoe. It's like he was leaning and he was back in the middle. It's like a rough, like I was in rap. Like I can't, it was okay. But um, he did mention something about the constitution. The constitution does not mention anything about slavery or anything. So I can kind of like when people talk and they say slavery and it's not about us, it, it doesn't really mention like people in it. I mean, if you can throw some, I don't feel like reading it because I kind of know about it already. So I don't need something at the top. It was something else that he mentioned as well. When you talk about everything that's going on in our world right now, like think about it. Don't come at me. I had a lot of tweets. I don't care if you're black, white, whatever. But when it comes down to everything that's going on, we got all this criminal activity, killings, inflation, who is in charge? What party is in charge? Think about that. Right. Just think about it. Right. Right. And then you come back and you still want to talk about or you want to entertain in your world that you are owed something as reparations. Right. And this specific party that keeps this loaded reparations. And I hear my people, my people, my my brown, my just people, people of color, talking about reparations. Again, once again, you can apply for it. If you feel that you're owed that, please go to the courthouse, get your paperwork, have your evidence, because you can do that. But when you talk about reparations or in, if you feel like you're owed something and you're a U.S. citizen, because when you talk about reparations, that's like, what, 300-something years ago or something? Um, slavery, if you want to talk about your, you feel like you're owed something because you're black or however it was sold to you, whatever you're going on in your head from generation, grandma, all that. When you really think about that today, today, if you look it up, it doesn't, it, slavery, it's like, it's weird. It's weird. Like, if you look it up, you'll have reparations as far as land, and then you look it up when it says slavery. But I'm going to tell you something. One thing about being a U.S. citizen, what, what the government has done, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to be very clear. The difference when you talk about reparations, reparations is a sum of money that is given for land or whatever. I don't, I'm, I'm just, going, just going off the whim, right? But I'm going to tell you something about being a U.S. citizen. 
And I think it's pretty good. I don't know what president did it. It happened back in like, uh, I say the 50s or something. I don't know what president did. But the reparations is really like social security. Because no other country has that. You have to think about it. So the money is like you, that's like when you get old and you get retired, you get some, some, you know, some money for work. Like other countries don't have that. If you really can like think about it, whatever you feel, if you're a U.S. citizen, you feel like it's white and all that. Other countries don't have that. Or, and if you feel like you're suppressed and you feel like you're old, that like do your research, but it's, is it worth that? Okay. It's ugly. It's the people in charge. We have to get them out. It's more of us than them. You, if if you really concerned about somebody taking control, that's what this this whole thing, the government, the 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 whatever we going through, those are the people that's controlling you, and you rolling with it. Either you figure it out, use common sense. I don't care who you voted for at the beginning and all that, but once you feel like you're losing money too much energy it's overwhelming and it's dumb and it don't make sense it's like let's come together and like kind of figure it out because i want to know who they is because i'm going to go for now okay thank you you're welcome dear uh Take thank you, you appreciate it yeah so also uh, i wanted... lost track of who was uh was next i think ced yeah, I also wanted to uh, thank uh, Marcel, uh, his grandfather, for his service. Um, so I think and someone just brought that to my attention as well. As you can imagine, I've got a lot going on over here. Um, Tariq, I see you're back, sir. So we'll bring you up in just a minute. Um, yeah, we have a lot of requests. And here's what's going to happen uh, in just a few minutes. I'm going to close out my show, my podcast. But you guys are welcome to, uh, you know, we'll continue the conversation for just a little bit longer in this space. Um, as you can imagine, I've got some production to do. Uh, and I do want your voices to uh, be heard. Uh, you know, I mean, look. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, this is America. And here's another reason why. And you'll notice up in my profile, I say, just because I retweet you does not mean I endorse you just be, or what you're saying. And just because I allow you to come up and speak does not mean I endorse you either. So, um, the, I mean, this is kind of the point. It, as a media representative, it's like, can we please get back to a place where people can say things that are, are short of, you know, calling for violence. And I'm going to tell you something. I've been in some spaces that are so anti-Semitic that it blew my mind. And when it was reported to Twitter, it was like, mm, didn't see anything here. I mean, I could not believe the things I was hearing come out of people's faces. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's good to know what's down in somebody's heart. But it's scary. I'm going to tell you that it was awful. It was horrible. So we do not tolerate that in this space. Um, I'm going to read some of the uh, DMs that I've been getting. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. If we could bring Christopher Sweat up, that would be cool too. Um, someone said Black Wall Street was an attack on Black Republicans. Um, that was a message that I got. Someone else says, I stand with the party of Martin Luther King Jr., a Republican who pushed for voting rights and freedom, not with violence, not with anarchy, not demanding reparations, but through love. 
Again, I'm reading uh, messages that I'm receiving in my uh, inbox. Um, what else? Okay. And for all the crazies who would like to send me messages, that ain't going to happen because y'all just get shut out. I'm just not going to put up with it because there's just no room for any of that. I mean, just like Marcel pointed out, I mean, uh, <laughs> y'all just wait. All of us in this space, you just wait until people who are pouring across the border right now in a controlled invasion start taking up, uh, you know, the food space and all other kinds of spaces and the housing spaces. And I'm not trying to cause division. I'm being straight up for real. Y'all know I'm right. Marcel knows I'm right. So it's another reason why it's another way for us to come to Beth- together and be like, what is happening right now? How in the world are you allowing the borders to be open right now? to people who don't speak the language, who do not have skills other than, you know, a certain set of skills here and there. No one's going to take care of them other than uh, the, these phantom tax dollars that we talk about, the money tree behind the, behind the state, behind, behind the U.S. Capitol. And yes, you're right. You know, we do print money like it's going out of style, and that's a problem. I mean, fiat is basically as good as your toilet paper as far as I'm concerned. Why do you think everybody's moving to blockchain in some ridiculous run for the hills that is absolutely going to implode? I mean, we see that happening right now, but I think it's just a matter of time before that whole system gets taken down. Talk about the man in a system. That's your illustrious fourth branch of government right there, luring people into digital currency that's not backed by anything. I mean, there's a reason the Russians have returned, you know, their rubles are now backed by gold. There's a whole reason why your European countries are moving back into gold and precious metals. So that's what I'm saying, you guys. We have got to find a way to to come together and to reason. The Bible talks about reasoning, and I realize you can't reason with everybody, and that's fair. But that is my heart behind this conversation. Uh, Okay, so those were just some of the messages. It's pretty live over here on YouTube. You got people arguing about who's a bigger bigot uh, or racist and, you know, reparations and all of that. Uh, So, you know, to be expected, I imagine, sad as it is. But, uh, okay, now I know what to add to my prayer list. Okay, who's next? We had CED who's next. Thank you. Thank you for your time. My battery's just about to go, so if I go quiet, you know to boot me out. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say, Mimi, a lot of countries have Social Security. Now, listening to the voices that we've heard in here, you hear there's a lot of pain still. There's, there's healing still to be done. Um, there's unity to be gathered. Um, it's, it's not there yet. It hasn't been there it's not there. We get close, we get close, and then it goes again. Reparation is not this generation paying for slavery or paying for the past. Reparation is the country, not the people, the country acknowledging that there was people that were not treated well and acknowledging that and understanding their pain and understanding whoever they are you know, what they went through in that as a country and saying, we're sorry that we did wrong in the future. You know, we're, we're trying to, we're better than we were. We're, we're going to, our aim is to always go better. So that's all it is. It's just, it's just like God wants us to repent. We have to, the country, it has to give hope. It has to give unity. 
to those people that still feel the pain and still feel hurt. Like you say, it's not this generation saying, oh, because my 20 times grandfather was a slave. It's just, just this generation saying, please, just acknowledge that these things happen. Stop, you know, I, and most people do. They will acknowledge in that. But you need America to say, yeah. And they're not just, you know, um, one race or culture and that. But to everybody that they've caused pain to, as I say, they're done with the Native Americans, um, certain things. And if it's a monetary thing, they can figure that out. That's all. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Marcel, I see you're back. Uh, do me a favor, though, you guys, because I'm going to try to close out the space. Um, if we could keep our comments to two minutes or less, that would be very helpful. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, anyway, I want everyone to be able to be heard who I'm going to bring up today. But uh, if we could keep it to a minimum, um, you know, so be thinking about your talking points. And, um, yeah, we'll continue on. So, Marcel. You can come back up, and I know you have a lot to say, sir, but um, please keep it to uh, a minimum. Uh, who was next? I believe it's uh, conservative, then Storm City. Um, you know, if I could just respond to Mimi, I can just be gone. Mimi. Uh-oh, you're having um, connection issues. Marcel. I'll give you a minute. See if you can get to a better spot a bit there, Marcel. Oh, he get this. I think it yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, conservative, please, quick. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to say that you know, reparations are not something that I I agree with at all. Uh, I think that a lot of people would follow the reasoning behind why reparations isn't uh, necessary. And the reason I say this is we were all created who we are. It is a random, absolutely minuscule probability that we even exist, let alone how you were born, what you were born as. I, I, I think a lot of this came to light one time I was cleaning my pool and I, I ended the existence of hundreds of millions of tadpoles, right? And I thought, how terrible would that have been to be born as that tadpole? And I, and I just, you know, you're, that's it. Your existence ended because I needed to clean my pool. And I don't think that because of that logic, I, none of us, we, we are extremely fortunate, even the people who are demanding reparations, you're extremely fortunate just to exist just to have not been born as a starving Ethiopian child or born 200 years ago when times when people were starving in the Dust Bowl. I mean, just the, the, who exactly are you speaking to and about right now? I'm speaking about that. We should not have reparations at all. Right, but when you're talking about tadpoles and people being grateful to be here in this country, and you mentioned Ethiopia, that leads me to believe that you're referring to every black person in this space. Is that right? No, no. Everyone. Okay. Everyone in existence. All of us, white, black, Asian, everyone should be 
it, we're extremely privileged just to be alive. Okay. So, I, yeah, uh, I mean, I said that earlier that, you know, if we're Americans, yeah, which I think is part of the conversation, and maybe Tariq can actually clear this up for us because I've been in a few spaces about foundational black Americans versus um, uh, African Americans who are immigrants. And so this is a real divide that most people are unaware of, but, you know, maybe he can shed some light on that. But, okay, I just wanted to clarify because – because you have to clarify these things. And for a minute there, I was like, wait a minute. How, how do we go from tadpoles to Ethiopia no, and everyone should just be grateful to be here? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, no, no just, okay. just our existence okay. in general as, as human beings, okay. Uh, okay. as universal creatures, actually, it's amazing that any of us get to exist whatsoever. Shreek, i gotta, I got to meet your mic, hon, because it's, it's, uh, you know what it's doing. So give, give us just a second, Shreek. All right, go ahead, sir. And so, uh, you know, I, to, to get reparations because you were born underprivileged, let's say, it, it is not necessary. It is not something that – and that burden would fall on all of us because as – specifically if we just bring it down to the United States here, that burden falls on all of us because we're going to see it in price increase on our, on our foods, on our – it will cause inflation. The government doesn't take money and just give it away. They take it from us, all of us, including including the people you're trying to give reparations to, and and then or who have been given reparations to. If what he was saying was factual, um, Marcel was saying, um, yeah, I, and then we we all end up paying for that. I mean, that is inflation, and and it's higher taxes if they choose to tax. But you don't have to tax Americans. You just inflate the products, and then you'll get the taxes on the back end. So it's not a it, – it's I, – I say we all just be grateful to just exist, be grateful to just have been born as privileged as we are as Americans, or be grateful to to have immigrated to this country. I've never met, by the way, an African-American uh, – first or second generation African-American that has ever not been more patriotic than most of the <laughs> the entire people born in the United States. Uh, they are some of the most grateful people I've ever met in my life, and uh, it makes me feel uh, extremely proud to, to know, like, these people love America more than I do. How, how amazing is that, that a country that we live in, immigrants that go through the proper channels have more respect for it than we do. And I, I think that that's, that's my stance on reparations. I, um, universally, I, I just don't think that we should, okay. we should try to damage others. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for yeah. your input. Um, okay, so I have uh, Javon over on YouTube, and I want uh, Tariq to consider this and answer this whenever he comes up. Um, let me remove uh, conservative. Um, hold on. Where to go? Javon says, with regard to reparations, that he believes money and some kind of free college education and housing would be ideal payment. So I don't know what uh, Marcel or Tariq thinks about that. I am curious about that. Um, okay, so that is uh, that was Javon, and I'm looking over here at uh, 
Well, yeah, it's some of the other uh, comments, which if you're on YouTube, you know, are pretty lively. Um, Okay, who was uh, next? We have Storm City and then Alpha. Yeah, hey, good afternoon. You know, I just want to say, Monica, I want to commend you for, you know, allowing for everyone's voice to be heard. Um, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of valid points all the way around. Unfortunately, the financial system, you know, the act of 1871, if, if we follow the money throughout these periods of time, we've essentially all been discriminated against. My grandfather flew B-25s, which you've already known, uh, in World War II. He didn't receive any benefits whatsoever. He's Caucasian. And, you know, the Union soldiers, when they got beat in Louisiana, they burned down all the communities from northern Louisiana all the way down Red River, you know, all the way back down. And so, you know, I I understand the arguments on all sides, but, you know, essentially today we have this quasi-corporation that exists and it's facilitated by a third party with the central bank. And it it should go into Chapter 11. It should fail. And essentially, we should have a new financial system that doesn't discriminate against 100% of Americans. And we should have a pathway forward to be inclusive of every American, irregardless of their past and history. Everyone should have a fair shot at living a very prosperous life. And... Um, that's all I wanted to say. I yeah. wanted to commend you, Monica, for the space. I did want to um, thank um, Marcel and his grand great-grandfather for serving in World War II. And, and there's a lot of veterans. All veterans should be honored for their sacrifices that they've made. And it's unfortunate that our government skirts around anybody that's deserving um, you know, they, they it's justified in my opinion, but the future generations like myself, I, I don't ask for anything, you know, I go on and the heritage and history and historical relevant, you know, relevancy of, of my family is, is a tradition that, you know, it lives on and, uh, stories and, you know, it, it just, it's historical record. Yeah. Um, but that's all I wanted to share. Thanks, Monica. Sure, of course. Thank you for that. Um, okay, I want to I want to go to Tariq next, and then we'll go over to Alpha uh, because I and some of you other guys are in this space uh, because I'm going to have to switch up on my rig uh, over here, I'm losing battery on some things. But uh, the conversation's good. Um, I hope it's productive uh, to you guys. It has been for me, uh, enlightening for sure. Um, and so, yeah, Tariq, welcome. Hey, how are you, Monica? Hey, good, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's very interesting. Whenever we start talking about reparations for foundational Black Americans, we notice that a lot of the conversations, the logic is just all over the place to deny compensating foundational Black Americans. Okay, stop, 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 stop. I need you. I need you to do us a favor because not everyone in this room, remember I said before I brought you up, a lot of people don't understand that there is a foundational Black Americans um, 
uh, uh, heart in this country, ideology, movement, whatever you want to call it. And then there's mm-hmm. the um, the black immigrants. Okay, and I've been in a few of those spaces, so I've been privy to those conversations. But a lot of people in this space who follow me are not. So if you could educate us on that, that would be helpful. Thank you. Oh, it's real simple, ladies and gentlemen. The foundation of Black American is a black person in America who's not an immigrant. It's that simple. Um, Foundation of Black Americans, we are actually the only non-immigrant group here. We're the only group who built the United States from the bottom up from scratch. There was no United States until Foundation of Black Americans built it. So we are exclusively um, the real natives of the United States. We are the aboriginal people of the United States because we built this nation from the bottom up. So that's what a foundational Black American is. We're not African American. We don't like to even use the term Black American too much because Rachel Dolezal is a Black American. We're a foundational Black Americans. We like to specify what group we are and what our lineage is. This is a lineage claim. And when we talk about reparations for the lineage of foundational Black Americans, a lot of people get into a lot of nonsensical justifications to deny it. They talk about, well, we were we should all be grateful that we are we were born with the privilege to be here. Um, foundational Black Americans, we don't have a privilege. We built something that nobody else built, so that's not a privilege. That's something that you work for, and we were not compensated for it. We always hear the narrative that other groups are coming over here, and they're so happy and grateful that they came over here. Well, yeah, you're grateful because you're benefiting from something that you didn't really work for. You came over here and just pulled up a a chair to a table that was already made for you. So, yeah, you would be grateful to that. Foundational Black Americans, we built the table, set the table built the plates and built the cups, and we were never compensated for it. And this is what we're talking about reparations. We have to get reparations in the form of cash. I heard somebody was talking about free education and all of this nonsense. My family, when they were forced to work on these prison camps, which were plantations, because they were prison camps, that's all they were, they were forced to work and their labor was exploited from them. They didn't get exploited for free education. They were giving these white supremacists money. The white supremacists made billions of dollars off the backs of my family. I want some of the money that they made. Give me exactly what they took from my family. I don't want food stamps. I don't want Starbucks coupons. I don't want a free education. I don't want little trinkets and and widgets. We need cash payments the same way they give everybody else cash payments when they are aggrieved. When the Japanese were aggrieved, they gave them cash payments. When other groups are aggrieved, they give them cash payments. Even people who are non-citizens, the Ukrainians, are getting cash payments. And they're not even citizens. Certain Hispanic groups are getting cash payments. They're not even citizens. Afghanistans are, Afghanistanians are getting cash payments. They're not even citizens. Nobody has a problem with other groups getting cash payments from the United States government. It's only a problem when foundational Black Americans are supposed to get cash payments, and we've never gotten anything exclusive from the government that we actually built. And the reason why is because part of white supremacist culture is to define their culture from our deprivation. They gauge their progress but on did the you build, of did deprivation. did you build it? Did you build yes. the building? Uh, yes, Mimi, I, I, yes, I, I ma'am. So when he's on, I'm going to go next. Yes, Mimi, I did build it because I am my family and my family is me. My ancestors and I are one and the same. So, yes, I did build it, ma'am. And the money that was generated from me and my family, I'm including myself because I am my ancestors, that money 
and the wealth and resources was locked into white supremacist society. And we were specifically deprived of getting access to those resources and funds. And those maldistributed resources have been passed down generationally, generationally, generationally to the white supremacists today. So they are on the hook for it because the government is on the hook for it. I don't want to hear stories about, well, I was, I came over here from Ireland in 1920. I didn't own a slave, but you came over here to a government that had created itself from maldistributing resources, from exploiting foundational black Americans. So you are a complicit in utilizing those funds. The reason why people came over here, they saw that there was a good deal going on. They saw that there was a lot of money and resources that was generated from black people. And they saw that if they were classified as white, they can come over here and get a piece of the pie. That makes you um, complicit with the criminal activity of racial exploitation of foundational black Americans. People have all of these excuses to justify why we should be deprived and we should be a permanent underclass, which we should not be. And let's be clear, reparations are already being paid in the form of all of these militarized um, police surplus um, um, trinkets that they have. The, the police and the military, they spend all of this money. They spend trillions of dollars trying to codify and trying to pacify the collective psyche of white society by subjugating us. They have to subjugate us militarily. That's where a lot of the reparations are going. Because if you try to subjugate a people and do it militarily, the money is going to run out eventually. So instead of just throwing money away to law enforcement, who they don't really protect you, to be perfectly honest. Law enforcement, they don't really protect you. But you get a psychological satisfaction seeing black people getting militarily dominated by law enforcement and the U.S. military in this country in order to make you sleep better at night like, hey, we got these Negroes in check. You're already paying reparations. You're paying reparations now. It would be best to pay reparations in a just way. And that's what we're trying to do now. And that's what we're going to do. The reparations will be paid. Let's be very clear. We cannot have a system of white supremacist domination just indefinitely. That's just not going to happen. Too many of us are, are pushing back from that. Foundation of Black Americans we have not been a, a group of people who are psychologically defeated. A lot of other people from other places, they've been psychologically defeated. We have not. We still resist systematic white supremacy. We're not afraid. These terrorist attacks that they launched, they're designed to make us afraid, and that's just not going to happen. We're going to stand firm, and we're definitely going to get reparations. Let me get some people to chime so, in on that. So, Tariq, um, there are a lot of people who would say that you paint – all of white America with a broad stroke. So do you believe, and so I'm just going to ask you, instead of people saying, well, why didn't you ask him this? So I'm just mm-hmm. going to ask you, is do you right. see most of, if not all, a white America as being supremacists at their core and uh, criminal by uh, you know our very existence? Okay. No, I don't. But the problem is the white supremacists are more powerful than the people in white society who are not white supremacists. We do not have a system of white supremacy if there's not a lot of participants in it. And unfortunately, you have not given us given us a master list of who the white supremacists are. So in many cases, we have to assume and suspect certain people to be white supremacists. We have a system of global white supremacy. That is an absolute. That's not anything to debate. And the reason why we know it is because the white supremacists told us that term comes from your community. 
the term white supremacy, they try to make it seem like it's an offensive term. Your community told us you were white supremacists. They drilled it in our heads up until the 1960s. You went out of your way to tell us how supreme you are and how much of a white supremacist you are and how proud you are to be white supremacists. Um, Thomas Jefferson talked about being a white supremacist and, and the, the, the importance of white supremacy. Hold, hold, hold up. I, I never said that I was anything related to these people that you're talking about. So Okay. Just, hit dog. Just, hit yeah. dog. Hit dog. Hit dog. I, I don't even know you. What, hit dog hollering, sir. I don't know you. What are, what are you talking about, sir? I don't no, even know you. No, you. you just sit, you, you sit there, you know, your culture. You know, you're you're framing your it in a certain way. Your community. Your community. your community. Yeah, the white community. I've never had that community. Like, I don't understand where you, where you, you know, I want to ask you some hard questions, uh, you know, after you're done, but go ahead, continue. Okay. Hit dog, but you, are you, you do acknowledge that it was people in the white community, which you're a part of, you're part of the white community. They were going around telling people in books, in laws, even the Supreme Court, they had a ruling, the, the Dred Scott decision. They talked about how supreme the, the white race is. I mean, nobody was pushing back from that. See, don't try to play the game and escape the name. Nobody was pushing back from that in, in, in the dominant society. So don't go down and say, that, oh, that, I, That's I, racism I to that. apply that to a person who is not currently saying that. You, you're, call, you're using racism as a weapon in this situation. You're, you're literally... That? Call it, that's racist to call someone racist who is not. I didn't call you a racist. You I never did. You just said no, you're part of a community that is racist, and therefore you are racist. I literally didn't then, say those words. Sir, you don't have to. I'm listening to what you're saying very clearly, and I understand the subtext and all the language. I'm listening. So I didn't say that at all. You're making up words, sir. That's called I'm white and I say so, sir. Okay, Tariq, let me ask you something. What, what, hold on, let me ask Tariq. What do you consider, what is your definition of, of a white supremacist? A person who believes through speech, thought, and action that they should be dominant over non-white people. That's what a white supremacist is. Okay. I and think most people why, in this space would actually us. agree with that. And that's what they told us. They told us that they were white supremacists. The people in your community, the white community, you're part of the white community. They told us they were white supremacists up until the 1960s openly. That's your term. That's not a term that I created, ma'am. I understand sir. that. I understand. Okay. I, I, and I understand where you're coming from with that. I, I, I also remember I said before he chimed put in. A white only. Yeah, I, put listen, a white I, let, let me tell you something. Uh, my father, who has now gone on to be in glory, uh, was Greek. And I have in my family albums those signs that included Greeks. And they were not nice signs. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. So they were awful signs. No, no N words. No uh, Jews. No Greeks. Um, yeah. So I, I get it. I, I my family gets it. My mother is a legal German immigrant. I I get it. Uh, I but I don't get it from the from the perspective of being a uh, foundational Black American because clearly I'm not one. Now, I was married to one uh, who is now deceased. And my daughter has had a very interesting time uh, coming up in the South, as well as going to the West Coast for higher education. I now have a beautiful granddaughter who will hopefully be able to circumvent some of this mess that we're all still contending with. I don't know. Uh, so, so you were married to a black American man. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that being in marriages or even sexual relationships with a black person negates white supremacy in a person? 
Uh, not any more than I think it can negate black supremacy tendencies in a person. What's black supremacy? Exactly what you stated was white supremacy. Only you can't have two by definition. But you can, Tariq, because it's an ideology, it's a mindset, it is a spirit set that people can set themselves above the creator. You can't have two supremes by definition. By definition, no, none of us are supreme outside of God. Uh, Ma'am, would you agree with that? Um, no, there's a system. Supreme okay. means I can kill your group and your group can't kill mine. Which, no, which I don't think anyone in this space agrees with. And anyone who is in this space who agrees with that should exit stage right. But let me ask you, wait, I wait, get wait, what you're saying, saying from a system. Are what? you saying that's not true what I just went? Supreme means my group can kill your group with impunity and your group can't kill mine. Your group that's called power. That's called power. Ma'am, the butter biscuits are not on display right now. I'm talking to Monica. Um, So do am I telling the truth, ma'am? Your group can kill my group with impunity. My group cannot kill yours with impunity. That's what supreme means, ma'am, right? Tariq, no one, no one can kill any other group with impunity, according to the laws of this land. Yes, they can. Not in a lawful society. Yes. Name uh, the black version of Rittenhouse. Name the black version of Kyle Rittenhouse. You the can black make a lot of, of arguments. Okay. Well, let, let's do this. There are many. Uh, yeah. Show situations where black people have killed white people, and they're just walking around free right now and being paraded as heroes like the Kyle Rittenhouses and other people. Well, who was the gentleman that was uh, on my list of uh, other black gentlemen who created, uh, I'm sorry, who engaged in mass shooting, who was legitimately out within four hours of, of being nabbed? So that's, but here's the thing, Tariq, listen, ma'am, we are better, listen, we're better, we are better ma'am, than this shot, conversation. Ma'am, he shot some other black people and he got bailed. That's not the same thing. We are better. We are better, Tariq. Ma'am, Come on now. Geez, you guys are. We're better. We're better. You're better, better than better, this. You have such what? influence in this country and it is mind-blowing uh-huh. to me that I'm way. not so deflecting you? at all. I'm telling you this exactly what I've now. always stood by, Tariq, that any type yeah, of I am higher than another being has been set in motion since the fall. That is a spiritual issue that fleshes itself out here in our system. I will agree with you that we have had that system in place in this country, and it has not been completely mitigated. Do. I agree with you on we that. Now, Monica, you said something earlier that reparations has been atoned for. What, 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 what I'm that, speaking please? from the that. spiritual perspective. And so if you're not going to step to me with spirituality, this is not a conversation for us to have. If you're talking about systemically so how, and politically, how so? that's how, a different conversation. Because the so blood how, how of Christ, Tariq, atoned for all of our sins from now into eternity. That's what I believe. So you're saying that you sh- y'all shouldn't give us reparations because Jesus has forgiven you? I'm saying Jesus forgave all of our sins, including but not limited to slavery. Good Lord. <laughs> you may you don't have to agree have, with I that. That's fine. Lord. That's fine. Tariq, I have a question though. Like I, okay. my ancestors, this my ancestors before you were about. born, before you were born, my ancestors were fighting for abolition and r- helping to run the underground railroads. We were fighting and putting our lives at risk to end the system of slavery 
they, my relatives have settled before the American Revolution in Pennsylvania, and we helped to fight for this. And then you're you're telling me that I'm part of a racist community okay. of white let supremacists. Me tell you, I'm, I'm sorry. Can I answer what real quick? Let me, I have to address. Hey, hold on. Okay. I've been I've been waiting very patiently. Okay. So okay. No, let me let me let me address that real quick, Mark. Shout out to Marcel. Let me address that. Okay, first of all, a lot of those abolitionists, that was a finesse game. They would sit up there and use black people in order to get money for themselves, just like with Save the Children today. They were the Sally Struthers of their day. Like, oh, look at these poor downtrodden people. So you'll discount. You're just going to continually discount anybody who did anything to only say that if you're only this skin, skin color, you're good, and otherwise but you're don't, evil. Don't sit here talking about your abolitionist parents or grandparents helping black people. Black people. I, I said helping to run the Underground Railroad. That means the getting people, people out people. of slavery. And you're we, telling we were me that don't matter. We were you're, getting you're still racist, is what Stop you just it. said. We were getting, I'm saying that we were getting ourselves out of slavery. We were setting up shop in the Great Dismal Swamps down in Florida, down in St. Malo, um, um, Louisiana. We, as foundational black Americans, we had our own underground railroad where we were fleeing and fixing and, and freeing ourselves from white supremacist domination. And certain white abolitionists were capitalizing off that. People like Susan B. Anthony and all of those women, they started off as abolitionists. And then later on, you saw how anti-black racist they were when it came to real black issues and black people getting real equality. Those abolitionists were damn near just as racist as some of the other white supremacists. So please don't play the abolitionist game, sir. Some of us know our history. And Mimi, I'm Alpha, I was in here, but I got dropped. I'm just going to be very brief like I was expecting to be. Mimi, when I say they, I'm referring to the U.S. federal government. So I need yep. everyone to stop saying that I'm my, I, my, I never owned slaves or I, my parents are immigrants. It doesn't matter. In 1840, cotton was over 50% of this country's GDP. That's just cotton alone. And it was grown mainly in four states, South Carolina, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Georgia. That doesn't include sugar. That doesn't include rice. That doesn't include indigo. That doesn't take into account all the railroads that were being laid or the ports that was being built. A study was just done. Y'all can Google it, showing that infrastructure built by people who weren't slaves still brings in trillions of dollars to this country. I was born in Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia is 25 minutes from me over the bridge in Georgia. The port of George Savannah is the third busiest port in the U.S. Guess who built it? Slave labor. Port of Charleston, ninth busiest in the United States of America. Guess who built it? Slave labor. Charleston gets billions of dollars in tourism for people to come here and eat their red rice in the shrimp and grits. All of those things innovated by black Americans. I can go even further than that. Can I, can I ask is, you something while Malcolm, Malcolm, yeah, while I have you and yeah. Tariq both here with microphones open and alpha, just be patient, hon. Uh, you're, you're up next. Um, someone just messaged me and asked me to ask you gentlemen this question. Uh, well, one, uh, Tariq, have you accepted mm-hmm. Jesus as your Lord and savior? That's the first question. Great question. Okay. Okay. Well, well hold, well, up, hold I, up, hold up, hold up, hold up, <laughs> hold your answer. Okay. The second question okay. is uh, a little bit more provocative, uh, but I'm looking forward okay. to your answers. Okay. Um, why didn't Malcolm X and MLK ever ask for reparations? That's a question in my queue. They oh, did. They, they did. did. That's they did. why I wanted to bring out to that last guy who said that MLK was about love. MLK, before he died, 
said I was coming to get my check. Now, everybody wants to talk about angry black man. You can't think of a black man who tried to be more peaceful, who tried to be non-threatening, even though he was powerful. And yet, after integration happened, Dr. Martin King Jr. said it didn't cost this nation a thing to desegregate the buses in the schools. He said, but this nation cannot truly have justice until they spend billions to get the Negro out of the slums and the projects in which we were placed. He then went on to talk about how this nation freely gave trillions of dollars, not just to white Americans, but to European immigrants and land and farm equipment, while at the same time denying Black Americans the same right, even though the agricultural scene was largely built by Black Americans. He said we were coming to get our check, and then he was killed. So MLK and Malcolm X both spoke about reparations. You see, I need us to understand what the, the, the image of MLK that we like to see, that's called the Disney World image. The image yeah. that makes white people, not all, but the ones who are anti-Black, the image that they're comfortable with, if that same little sorry quote judged by the content of their character, and not the color of their skin. MLK said a whole lot more than that. He said what a lot of historians are saying, even some Republicans. MLK also said that until this nation does right by the Negro, America will never have peace. And we are seeing that today. There was just a study done by Citigroup. I always cite this last year. If anybody doesn't like this study, you need to go check your bank account. Because Citigroup is one of the large financial services in the country. I guarantee you they're probably dealing with your money right now as we speak. They said that anti-black racism has cost the United States $16 trillion. The U.S. is worth $19.2 trillion. So we are now, we would have been twice as wealthier had this nation done reparations in 2000. You go back further, that's more money lost. All these people who talk about the deficit, who talk about this nation being wealthy, the most patriotic thing you can do for this nation is demand that they pay Black Americans reparations like they've done for the Japanese, the Native Americans, like they did for people in Guatemala who were forcibly okay. sterilized by the U.S. military. Like they said, like they did for the woman in Guatemala who were forcibly sterilized. Every other group has gotten monetary reparations. And for all you Republicans listening to Monica's show on YouTube, you are a hypocrite. And let me tell you why you are a hypocrite. Y'all talk about your two most admired figures, Abraham Lincoln. Then y'all talk about Ronald Reagan. Guess what Abraham Lincoln did? He signed the first reparations bill for Black Americans, especially for the other 15. Guess what Ronald Reagan did? He signed the other reparations bill for Japanese Americans. Reparations has always been a thing Republicans have supported until Black Americans started getting on code and demanding it for ourselves. Okay, so Marcel, real quick, real quick. You don't find it weird that you're sitting here and you're talking about American history and, and, and our American presidents. You don't find it weird and find it like the open border. So we got people coming oh, I hate from that, all Mimi. these oh, yeah. countries that can intimidate and, and come across and intimidate everything that you're fighting for right now. That's where the reparations is going. Mimi, listen. When Biden Mimi. got on stage and he said he's going to give four right fifteen thousand to illegal immigrants. Right. So what? Right. What, what is your point? That's our American history. Oh no, no, Mimi, about. hold on, Mimi, Mimi, you need to look me up. You gotta look me up. People call me a bigot. Some, I'm running as a Democrat, for y'all know, and we'll talk about that later. But some of them say that I'm a Republican in disguise because I'll be damned if, because Joe Biden got up there after working with Strom Thurmond, a disgusting anti-black bigot in South Carolina, 
That was Joe Biden's mentor. Joe Biden got up there when he was asked about reparations. You're not going to get me defending the Democrats. Joe Biden said, who's a segregationist, he said that Hispanics were the future and Black Americans would have to learn to work with them. Then, when these illegal immigrants came in our country and broke the law and went to jail like they should have, he wants to give them reparations for being separated from their children. That's very funny coming from the same man who wrote the mass, who did the crime bill that locked up more black Americans than any other piece of legislation in this country's history. I don't find it funny, Mimi. I find it disgusting. I call out the hypocrisy of the Republicans oh, okay. so and the Democrats. That that's that thing. Okay, Alpha got to go. Thank you, Marcel. I follow you. You're so welcome. And, and you're welcome. Monica, Thank you. And Thank you. And Monica, thank you, Marcel, yeah, for coming yeah, yeah, back. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, go for it. Thank yeah. you, Marcel, for coming back. Yeah, thanks, Marcel. All right, about Tariq. The, way, the person who asked uh, yeah. yeah, about your, uh, about your faith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my faith. Yes. Somebody asked, uh, do I have I accepted Jesus? That's very interesting because Jesus just texted me and he said that y'all need to give me my money for reparations. So I do accept what Jesus just hit me up with. So I, I accept that. <laughs> Jesus said, I need thine money. All right. So I, that, that, I, I, I accept that. So. Every man deserves his wage, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you don't have to answer it. I mean, I, you know, it's fine. Whatever, it's cool. Uh, No, that was just a question that came in. So, so am I assuming that Lord and Savior wants me to get my money? That's what my Lord and wants from me. I'm cool with this as long as I'm not going to argue with God. No title nobility, right? As long as you could do this without creating a title of nobility for anybody. I mean, it's already bad enough with this whole qualified sovereign immunity stuff that's going on. Like, if we could, if we can get you paid without having you know a, a sovereign immunity situation going on you know what i'm talking about right then yeah, we have well, explain it for people in the room who america. don't yeah you got to talk to america about that america could have paid us when the price was much lower 1865 i know and y'all know there are white families in this country i'm not so much mad at the white families it's the american government there are white families in this nation there are banks insurance companies, you name it, who can all trace their origins back to slave labor. We can trace our pain and trauma back to slave labor. America is the one that caused this issue. You're supposed to take care of your responsibilities. Isn't that what we tell other countries to do as a beacon of democracy? We tell North Korea and Iran and China how they should act. Well, who tells America how they should act? That's what we as Black Americans have always done. We pushed this nation to live up to that ideal. They had a page of 1865 by Abraham Lincoln, the party, y'all, Republican Party of Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was going to do that. America did not follow through. Now the debt has increased. Just because you don't pay something doesn't mean the debt goes away. I have land from 1865. My family, we don't get any value from it because it's heirs' property. For my family, we have had to pay tens of thousands of dollars in taxes on that property. I didn't get that land, but we inherited it. The same way I inherited that land, America has inherited the debt that they still owe to us. Because had they done it, we would be having a different conversation right now. Black Americans would not be $24,000 only worth, and white Americans at $200,000. We would have truly been a more united nation. It would be different if we were this poor because we just fucked up. Oh, excuse my expression. Sorry. It would be different if we were this poor because we just messed up. But the fact of the matter is we're not here because we, by our own volition, got here. We were here because we were forced to be here. Even if America didn't pay us reparations and just had left us alone, 
and let us stay in our black Wall Street, because there were over 50 of them, we would have been good. But the America sat back, let these white malls burn down our cities, and sometimes even gave them military equipment. Right now, I know there are some Republican people mainly who feel that the Biden stole the election or whatever, whatever, whatever. And they're demanding that something be done about it. It is hypocritical for them to tell black Americans at the same time, we can't demand. They can't prove, as far as I know, that election was stolen. But we as black Americans can prove all the stuff that's been done to us. We have Confederate monuments, for God's sake, of the people who did it. It's just hypocritical for one group to feel they have the right to stand up for what they believe, but then to tell us who have fought for this nation that we can't do the same. Okay. Marcel, thank you, sir. Um, So, uh, Tim, I want you to go on. Sure. Uh, Hey, good luck with your race. Uh, I want you to uh, inform people about the direction you were just going, and then we're going to, with uh, immunity, and then we're going to go over to uh, Alpha. Thank you. Yeah, just real, real brief. The, there's the. I would love to see this continue to be attacked. The qualified and total immunity that was granted in violation of the U.S. Constitution, where people in governance or leadership positions cannot be prosecuted for their civil rights violations. If not, fundamentally, it's actually civil liberties. Okay, do we get into this argument about civil rights? These are natural rights. They are not something that you can, you know, make exist or take away they come from god they don't come from you know a bunch of men who you know are in power at any time god granted the natural right to be free and that should never be something that's in a question or a code that can be undermined the second the second part of that this aspect of the 13th amendment slavery in there that needs to go and the second other part of that the 14th amendment property tax hello that's a tax on all of us that takes away from our, our our ability to hand down something to the second next generation, you know. But this, from us fundamentally though, we do not want to create a condition where anybody becomes a nobility going forward, because it's it was bad before the American Revolution. It will be bad after the American Revolution. Yeah. But wealth and resources were passed down to white society, and it's still being passed down now. So. Why is one nobility better than another nobility? Neither are good. Yeah, neither are, neither are good. Fundamental. I, I agree. In, in the end, but, neither but, are you're correct. But, but 100%. You haven't had compensatory justice by compensating the people that's been disenfranchised. So obviously you think the white nobility is good. How would I think that they were good? In because what you way? Haven't, you haven't dismantled it and you have not. Well, I, I haven't. I've been working to dismantle it for a long time. Yeah, Tariq, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying it. is that it, 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 it's rough it. when you start painting with broad strokes because you don't know what certain people have been doing behind the scenes. Now, I know that that, you know, it serves. Pre- I understand that. Well, but just, when you're coming into spaces like this and we've got welcome arms and a microphone. I may not be effective. I mean, right. not be effective in any right. way, shape, or form. But, but it's not like we're not I, trying. Know, nobody is, I don't give you an A for effort. I'm talking about what's being done, not what you're trying to do, not what you're thinking about doing. I'm talking about what's being done. Because other groups, they get stuff done for them. Um, Japanese, they have stuff done. Jewish people, they have stuff done for them. Hispanic groups, they have things tangibly done for them. When it comes to us, all of a sudden, it becomes, well, we're thinking about it. Our, our then why don't we get right something thing. done? No, let, let's, let's get, get something done. done. 
let's exactly. You want to get let's something get done? Let's get something done. Yeah. I, 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 I 100% agree with that. Like, how about also okay. we we kick China out of our situation Amen. so they don't eat our lunch and then while we're doing that? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to transfer money to you to be a debt to China. Okay. Exactly. That's Speaking retarded. Of, uh, you you guys, the, the government is giving money to Asians now. There's billions of dollars being allocated to Asians because of Asian hate crimes. Okay, give us some of that money you're giving them. Okay. Don't talk about China. Y'all giving Asians and Chinese and y'all giving them money. You're not giving us anything but a lot of, hey, let's just talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's start getting the checks rolling. And then we can talk about justice, right? Didn't that come out of the white people on DNC, though? Didn't, weren't okay. they the ones that did that's that? Good cop, bad cop. I don't do good cop, bad cop. I don't do. I mean, I mean just say, I, I can't remember cop. any any of the Republicans, <laughs> like, even birds, annoying ones. Sir, I don't do Republicans and Democrats. That's a whole good cop, bad cop thing. They're both okay. large. Yeah, I, I got it. I got. I, get, I hear you. Alpha's been waiting. Yeah, for Alpha. Let's go. Let's go to Alpha. Thank you. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I, I didn't interrupt anybody, so I hope the same respect is paid forward. So, first thing I'll say is, the definition of supremacy is isn't what was explained. The definition of supremacy, by definition, is power and authority. It has nothing to do with, I can kill you, and there's nothing done about it. That can be an interpretation, but the definition is what it is. We're not going to start changing definitions. The next thing is, is when we say they, 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 uh, let's, let's be very clear. A lot of us conservatives have had staunch issues with us sending money to Ukraine, have had major issues with money being sent to China. We are not okay with people, with our government sending money to other countries when we see the suffrage that's taking place within our own borders. So let's be very clear. The Democratic Party and liberals, along with a few Republicans, are the ones that support that, not your actual patriotic conservative Americans. So let's make that very clear to the people in here that are listening, because there's a lot of people in here listening because they want to hear truth. The next thing is, when a child is born, when my daughter was born, she doesn't owe anything to anybody and nobody owes anything to her. She's, that is, that's not the way it works. When we talk about reparations, and, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong on this, I was under the understanding that the reparations we played to the Chinese slaves on the railroad were the people that actually undergone it. It wasn't something that continued on for six, seven, or eight generations. And if I'm mistaken in that, correct me. But here's the point I'm trying to make. If a man commits murder, and he gets away with it and we can't find him, we don't go find his child and throw his child in prison for the crimes that he committed. Doesn't mean anybody's okay with it, but people are held accountable for what they did, not for what the people before them did. The other thing is I was in uh, one of your spaces, Tariq, when I brought up a question to you. When you brought up mm-hmm. foundational black Americans were black Americans that were born in the United States. They weren't ones that were brought here through slavery or whatever. They were ones that were born here. And you said that's the reason that they were old rep. Or, Owed reparations. I didn't say that, but go. I didn't say that, but go. That that was that is what you said, and it was a recorded space. You said more than that, but I'm somewhere. So then, my so my question to you was: Well, if that's the case, you have a large part of the United States that belonged to Mexico and Mexicans. I go, and that was conquered. We all know the history on that. I said, so wouldn't they be entitled to reparations under the same concept that you're saying? And he said, absolutely no, that you're anchor, baby, you're this, you're that. So for you to say it applies to one one group of people, but another group of people 
that the same thing was done to in a different in a, in a different way. I mean, they were killed through war and all that as well. It, Mexicans it, that, did that, build the United that, States. Mexicans did not build the United States. Foundational well, Black so this, Americans did. Well, then, then I suggest you visit California and you go and look at the agriculture and all the Mexicans that were working in fields for pennies with no unions. They were in a modern day slavery. They were just paid pennies for the work that they were doing. They just, no, that was labor that came over after the country was already established. So that's and I not say this, the country. Then guess what? There's no slavery. It was cheap labor and people just didn't fight against it. I could say the same and, thing. And, and so, they left their country to come do that cheap labor. So they, it wasn't that they, they didn't leave their country because that country belonged to them. It was just taken. From no, it didn't. The same. So, <laughs> didn't. so you're saying California, you're saying Arizona, parts of Texas, that didn't belong to Mexico? No. California well, then, was then I, founded no, by California, Spanish. It was it was conquered by the Spanish. California is named after a mythological black queen, Queen Calithia, because there were Muslims who were black coming from Spain over here to the Americas. I'll wrap, I'll wrap, okay, I'll wrap go ahead. up my point with I'll wrap up my point with this is if you want a dollar in your bank account, you work for it. Period. I don't care what color you are, I don't care what gender you are. I don't care what race you are. You want the dollar, you earn it. I I live in Southern California where we see these tribal these tribal lands where the people are paid twenty, thirty, in some situations if they're high enough in the bloodline, forty thousand dollars a month. And what I can tell you, what I've seen, the real life scenario of that is when a dollar is not earned, it's not valued, and we see prolific prostitution, drugs, crime rates. All this stuff because you and give sir, anybody, out here you give any I didn't interrupt you. You give anybody money that they didn't earn and work for, it's never gonna be respected. So here's here's the thing, everybody, is you cannot preach united when you're trying to say that one race is more powerful than another. The problem that we have today is we're seeing black supremacists who are using the same thing that white supremacists use, the errors and the criminal and the evil actions they did. We're seeing modern day black supremacists using the emotions of history to generate more hate and more division right now. That's not the way this country operates. I'm sorry. You want something, okay. you work for it. All of us together, okay. period. Okay. Now, since you're talking about the West Coast and the Western expansion, a lot of the land owned by white people here in the West Coast and in some of the Western states and the Midwestern areas, they got that land from the Homestead Act land that they did not work for. All you had to do was be white and file a $10 filing fee and you can get a bunch of free land. So y'all didn't work for a lot of the land that's out here that's been passed down generationally. That's why all of these white people have these big lots and all of these big fields and all of these acreages out here. It was free land given to you simply because you were white. A lot of the jobs... Okay, Tyree, I got a question for you because... Ma'am, why are you... Ma'am, no, ma'am, I just please know, don't cut me off. You, ma'am, don't... Hold ma'am. on, hold on. Ma'am, I just want to know. Let me ask you ma'am. a question. Ma'am, the question. Why are you cutting me off? Because I just want to know how much, how much of a monthly payment do you feel that's desired to you, ma'am? Ma'am, you're not even FBA, so this is the conversation that's not even. I gotta be part of a group. Okay. Okay, you're not FBA, ma'am. So you're not getting anything anyway. You should be glad that you're here, okay? I'm talking to the people in the dominant society, okay? You don't have to run interference for them. All right. Like I was saying, the people in the dominant white society didn't really have to work for anything. Your whiteness became monetized. 
When people say, well, I came over here, my family came over with $10. No, you had a million dollars worth of whiteness, and that's why you came over. Whiteness has a monetary value in a system of white supremacy. So you always have an advantage under an unjust system that's racially based. And pointing the finger at the victims of white supremacy is another white supremacist tactic. So my question is there, this leads to the question, you know, you're given a billion or trillions of dollars, trillions upon trillions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is your ideology? Okay. Right. Well, I am for as long as it's needed till, till you feel that it's done. Right. Then what, you know, what is your perspective? Are, are you going to dominate everybody else as you felt you were dominated at that point? I just want to know. That's the problem with white supremacy, this crazy projection. The fact that you think us being compensated equates to us dominating you, that's a projection, sir. And we don't think like well, that. Well, people, that's no, I'm talking people do that. That's humans. Like, no, it doesn't matter what, what color you are. If you, if you give a whole lot of people a whole lot of money, they do that. No. That's, that's, that's always a fear with any, but I don't care if, if there's there's some there's a whole lot of white people. If you gave them billions of dollars, I'd be very scared of what they would do. Well, sir, it's, it's funny uh, this is just the question I would ask anybody. We're talking about a debt that's owed. OK, we're talking about something that's owed. It's not just giving money out of the kindness of your heart. This was something that's owed that was owed because of a very vile thing that was done to a specific group of people for a very long period of time. Okay, so compensatory justice doesn't mean that we're going to turn around and do the same. We don't even think like that. We want what's owed. And that's the thing with people in the dominant society. They're so used to us being a permanent underclass, which is what they want us to be. Any form of justice looks like a loss to them because your identity is wrapped up on our degradation. Hey, Tariq, I have a question along those lines, along that line, hold on, along those, along the line of what you're talking about right now. Someone earlier said that they believe that black Americans are a special class or, or should be. Do you agree with that? Yeah, we should be a protected class just like Native Americans are. We should be a protected class like that, meaning that we should have certain areas that we govern ourselves. When I was in Arizona, you had Native Americans who got all types of land. They have their own police force. They have their own ambulances, hospitals, schools, and people just can't go run up on their reservations doing God knows what to them. They are protected. We need those same protections because we're the most marginalized group. We're the most targeted group. We're the most despised group by the dominant society. We have 24 hours of anti-black propaganda on television nonstop, on radio nonstop. We have these terrorist attacks against our elderly and our soft targets. So we have to be a protected class. Absolutely. Wouldn't you agree? Aren't aren't protected classes sovereign? Are they? Well, I mean, that's what what I was asking. Right. What's your opinion? Well, Asians, they have certain crime bills where you you can't commit a crime against an Asian person. They're making them special protected classes now. Are they sovereign when they come here? Because they become U.S. citizens when they become here. They're not, quote unquote, sovereign, right? Well, then, I mean, the fundamental basis of equality, I mean, if we're talking about justice under God, not under man, is that we all, there should be no sovereignty with anybody. But if we create a class of protected people anywhere, I don't care what color they are, maybe white or otherwise, that's still a problem for me. 
But no, it's not a problem because we do have a number one protected class in America, white supremacists. That's a protected class. Not only is it a protected class, you get a certain immunity from law. You can get away I, with murder. I would love to see the codes that give that a make that a protected a class com- so we can fight it. We need to nail that on the wall and be like, those those codes need to go. But it's not that's, going anywhere. That's the problem. But you but you said that there's a law that is establishing law, sovereign no, sovereign no, no, white no. supremacy. Uh, I want to know what those are so that we can common fight law. them. Common law. The common law. I'm going to use Kyle Rittenhouse as another example. When he was in court, what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse, that was common law white supremacy, where a judge sat up in court and did all types of I'm white and I say so tactics by saying the people he killed could not be labeled as victims. Him saying that he wanted to kill people and killing people, there was no correlation, so you can't bring any evidence against him. You can't show evidence against him being a part of these white supremacist groups. You couldn't bring none of that. That's common law white supremacy. Hold on. If not, that's common, hold on. If that's common law white That's common supremacy, law white supremacy. Okay. So then here, so with that, if, if that if that's the definition of it, I'll tell you right now, I have been in court cases as the investigating detective agent where I have had Mexican defendants, black defendants, where I was not allowed to tell the jury about their past criminal history because how it could have influenced them. So there must also be black supremacy and Mexican supremacy that is that is that's in the judicial system because I, I have been told I you're telling the truth. Okay, here's the thing. Do I don't believe you're where, telling the truth. Here's the, here's the thing. I've told you where especially in a murder case. So especially in a murder case, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right. And anyone that doubts it, Tariq knows where I used to work. He knows where I used to live. All that information was provided to him. You can go and look up every single homicide, attempt homicide, and gang case I work, and you will find, I'm not saying in every case, but you will find in a, a, a large number of cases where we are ordered by the judge when the jury is not in place on certain crimes that we cannot talk about that they committed. I had a guy that had been arrested with prior firearms. You're conflating non-sequiturs. No, 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 no. If I'm conflating, you're, you're conflating. You're conflating non-sequiturs. Then, then you're conflating Kyle Rittenhouse. You can't no, use a standard. You can't use a standard to define something, and then when someone brings that same standard in a different it's situation, not saying that okay, then you can't use We're it. We're talking it either, apples and oranges. It, that's either a definition or it's not. It's not only a. De- it doesn't only. A, it's not a definition if it only also, applies to your narrative. It's either across the line or it's not. Or and if you don't think that, you're a black supremacist. Okay, you're just spewing word salad, sir. So let me finish my. Oh, thought hold on, here. hold on. So if I'm okay. using a word salad, I'm you're just saying doing words, sir. what I'm saying, because, well, I'm learning it from you because you're pretty good at it. If you're no. saying that that was white privilege and white supremacy because white of supremacy. certain rules that were applied in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, and I'm telling you that those same rules have been applied in cases where I was a case agent okay. along with that's other a lie. cases. And that's a lie. I'm I'm saying that you're telling so, a lie. You're lying. So, you're lying so for you're your saying, okay, so you're I'm saying, saying that you're lying. lying. So you're lying. So I want every, there's, 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 there's over no case. People. There's none. There's only 15, no there's only 15, none. there's 1500 people that are in here. What I will challenge you guys to do, cause it's not just my case, call your local district attorney's office and okay. ask them the question. If there's certain defendants where their criminal history cannot get brought up, it exists in every county of every That's state in I this say. country. Conflating non sequiturs. There's no case where a black person, sat up here and said they wanted to kill some people 
and then did it. And then a judge said, hey, we can't show evidence of this person saying that. There's no cases like that at all. And you're conflating non sequiturs and false equivalencies, sir, which further proves my point. But let me let me go on. I don't want to waste time talking in circles with this gentleman here. We we live no, in a you don't want to waste time addressing facts. But, because okay. you 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 like you can continue. Go ahead. Hey hey, hey Tariq, I just want to tell you, man, I I love you as a Christian and also as a, as a you know man of God. I think you're awesome, and I I love that you're you're speaking to this, and I appreciate it. Just so you know. Yes, yes indeed. Um, okay. Well, again. God wants you to give me my money. So if you really, <laughs> if I me, if I can do something about it, I mean, I I'm more broke you than you. You knew that so was coming. That. Oh, <laughs> you're not broke as me. You are white. Right? You are way richer than me, and I got a couple of millions. But my millions don't touch your whiteness. You got more rights than me with your whiteness. All right, let's be very clear. Right? I can't capitalize on that, so we'll see how that goes. I think. Oh I yes, think. you can. Yes, you can. Yeah, think yeah. where the down. You don't have white supremacist cops shooting your family down like they do in my community. Yeah, your whiteness protects you, sir. You got millions of dollars worth of whiteness. Yes, indeed. But anyway, I think where the conversation usually breaks down. Uh, I mean, like if we were to create a visualization of uh, group dynamics, and we found correlations between like political affiliation, uh, race. Some of these simple models that uh, would make it pretty easy to predict how people are going to interact with each other when they talk about issues of uh, race, class, economics. Uh, you know, it's usually just at some point gets to a back and forth where uh, it's not really a path forward except to find ways to uh, make ad hominem insults or argue that the plight of one group is worse than the other. But I, I did want to come back to the title of the room because I, I think there are some interesting points there. Like the the title is white supremacy narrative. And so I think there there's two things happening in American politics right now. That there are narratives of white supremacy that uh, maybe media and certain groups have run with um, where the term gets thrown around loosely. And then I think... Um, in academia, and I mean, there's even been conversations, uh, Brookings Institute uh, hosted conversations on Twitter spaces about white nationalism, and you have papers from the Wilson Center and all these other think tanks. But uh, I think that the, the narrative idea takes away from the reality that there, that it looks like there are some legitimate forms of uh, white nationalism that are entering American politics, I, I guess we could say re-entering, right? There was a time where uh, if a political candidate was open about any type of white nationalist rhetoric or beliefs, uh, they didn't get elected. Look at what happened to George C. Wallace before he went to run for president in the late 60s. Somebody shot him. It paralyzed him. Uh, but he wrote extensively about uh uh, you know, white nationalist thinking sentiment. Uh, some academics would call it like uh, uh, nationalism with a tone of anti-globalism. So I think like, I think the politics get screwed up because you can take uh, pro-black or pro-white thinking and uh, you can weaponize it to some degree. Uh, I know uh, earlier people were talking about uh, reparations 
Black Lives Matter, you know, some of these scenarios. But for me, I think that it is still concerning that uh, we get away from the media narrative. I, I believe there's legitimate forms of uh, uh, white nationalist sentiment or expressions that are entering American politics. I think like an uh, obvious example uh, was the Fluentes event that was hosted across the street from CPAC uh, that Marjor Marjorie Taylor Greene attended. I don't think that's a media talking point. I think you can look at Fluentes rhetoric. Uh, it's pretty well documented. It's recent. You can pick up on some of the talking points of this, uh, I guess we could call it new white nationalist, which, which tends to be like we're not even talking about disenfranchised, uh, if we had to use these oversimplified words, white people in Alabama, Mississippi, New Orleans. We're talking about white people from affluent backgrounds that attend universities like Yale, like Harvard, like Brown. So, so these people in this group around the Fuentes types are developing these ideas that they're actually seems to be having some success entering into American politics. I don't know if you'll have an openly white nationalist candidate that uh, gets elected as a governor or a mayor or even as a congressperson or a senator. Uh, but but I, th I think that's what people are trying to respond to. Uh, and, and the media is not making room for that conversation because, like people brought up, uh, a lot of the coverage has a lot of hyperbole now. And then uh, they've gone through, it seems like if we just look at the last decade, they've gone through various iterations in how they talk about, uh, for example, mass shooters, how much face time they give them, how they talk about their ethnic, uh, religious, or national affiliations, right? Because uh, people have fears around, uh, you know, like xenophobia sure. or uh, pe people that would carry out some type of attack and justify it with, off of retribution. So, so I just I just wanted to say there's like a narrative, but then I also think there is a reality that yes. uh, white nationalism is the idea that's entering American politics in a more public manner. Well, Christopher, it's always been there. A tree called on a second. So, Christopher, thank you for bringing it back to the original intent and uh, topic. And um, and that was my point, was that it has become so hyperbolic that when everyone's a racist, no one's a racist. When everyone's a white supremacist, no one's really a white supremacist. I mean, it is. it has become, the narrative has become... Um, it is narrative war space, right? And, and that's the context in which I tend to bring my audience back around. Um, and that may offend some people that I don't uh, have more conversations like this, honestly. And I, I happen to think it's gone pretty well. So I'm open to more conversations like this. Um, sorry about that. That was my phone. So I'm, so I'm open to more conversations of this nature because I think it's healing. I think it's helpful. And I think it's educational. And I think some of us disagree with others and we call each other liars and whatever. And we're all still here. And somebody just said they love Tariq. So there. And uh, praise God. And Tariq's convinced that Jesus is going to give him his check. And okay. I'm not offended by that. Yeah, he, well, he's going to make the white supremacists give it. To okay, him. so, what, <laughs> but if I pay too. taxes and and, and y'all and you think you and, and Marcel think that there's some magic tree behind the United States Capitol that produces this money that is the U.S. government. What I'm saying is that it it is taxation, and I'm not a big fan of taxation, as it were. Yeah. So hold on. So let me finish. Hold on. So here's the deal. 
my whole point of bringing this room up was because I, and I'm about to bring him up to front and center because this guy yesterday, uh, went off on all kinds of crazy, um, putting up pictures like this. Hold on, which some of y'all are going to laugh. Uh, and apparently the poor guy didn't know there he is, uh, Mr. Jerry Saltz. Okay. Uh, who is a very highly respected art critic out of New York City. Uh, this, These are his tweets. If you're watching on YouTube, you guys can see this. And he says, because Republicans, okay? And then because Republicans, right? And this is a white family with air guns, airsoft guns, not to be confused with weapons of mass destruction uh, or other, you know, paintball guns. They don't feel good, but they're certainly not out, you know, causing mass shootings. And so we understand what the narrative is here, right? And Jerry may actually feel... Um, threatened by white Americans and Republicans uh, because of guns. I don't know. He lives in New York City. I'm of the belief that if more people had been armed in New York City, the latest idiot would have been taken out. So that's just me. Um, Then we have Clanned Parenthood. This is another one of Jerry's illustrious tweets. So Clanned Parenthood, white family. All right, with uh, some type of weapons. Uh, Alpha, maybe you can speak to that. That's not my area of expertise. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So so Jerry has a large audience, right? And, and Jerry has aligned things of this nature with people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and other candidates, in which, Christopher, you just alluded to. She may be one of these white nationalists because she was over at Ulf Wintas's, uh, uh, you know, event. Um, and she's not here to defend herself. I could invite her, I guess, but I don't know that she'd come in, but, um, but I think he's making a very interesting connection. Then we have the, who started out my show today, uh, this interesting woman who has done more to divide all of us, in my humble opinion, than Republicans and Democrats put together because she has a vested interest in doing so. She says Republican leadership has, quote, enabled white nationalism and calls on her fellow party members to renounce and reject these views at, after a racially motivated mass shooting in Buffalo, New York, on Saturday left 10 people dead. Now, let me tell you something about this pretty white lady. She has never stood up in defense of the black community as, as it were with black gentlemen who were gunning down other Americans. So this is nothing more than a political talking point for little Miss Liz Cheney. And those of us who understand the sins of the Republicans past are not afraid to call this crap out because it's exactly what it is. And it pits all of us against each other. And I hate it with every fiber of my being as a political pundit. I find it abhorrent. Uh, there she is again. So Jerry, let's go back to Jerry. So I retweet Jerry yesterday, and I said, Jerry, trust me, honey, when this shit hits the fan, nobody is going to be looking for an art critic to save them, right? Because that was my response to, you're afraid of people who you don't even know, you're casting dispersions, and you're casting a really wide net on gun owners, on white people, on Republicans, and it's completely unnecessary. And his response to me, let me see if this was it. Nope, hold on. Oh, here it is. Okay, this is where I get called. Y'all ready for this? Okay, even though I do have Jewish relatives, father served in World War II. This was Jerry's response to me. I'm a weird, anti-Semitic, far, far right-wing, ethno-nationalist, white-identify politics, bad daddy issues, grievance, and traitorous stuff. 
All the exact same frantic confusion and fear and deep lack of real faith masked in absolute certainty. I guess there's just a meanness. I guess there's just a meanness in this world. Sad. Now, this is a man with over 500,000 followers who has just defamed me publicly, calling me an anti-Semitic. I'm a far, far right-wing ethno-nationalist, white identify politics, bad daddy issues, right? Goes on and on and on. This is what I'm talking about. People's brains literally get hijacked by narratives and tropes, and the conversations that need to occur, like this one, get lost in the fray. And they become nothing more than entertainment for people. They become the let them eat cake. And it doesn't matter what color we are, which is why I started out the conversation with unify and conquer, because that's exactly what needs to happen. So some people are not interested in that. I understand that. I don't, you know, I do what Jesus said. I I drop the piece. It either stays or it doesn't. I dust my feet and I keep on moving. But that's how this conversation started today, because Wait, oh, we cannot forget this lady. Okay, here she is. This is a, this one, this this one takes the cake. This is one of my fellow pearl-clutching Republicans, which I'm not one of those, but this is Beth Moore. Beth Moore has millions of followers who have followed her up to the mountaintop of the Beth Moore altar on their way to meet Jesus. And she says, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, be swift to aid, hold the grieving, touch the minds of the traumatized, make truth plain, amplify the words of the wise over the sacophony of the politicized, open fresh sets of eyes to to see the catastrophic consequences of white supremacy. Now, why do I take exception to that? Many of you in this room may actually agree with her, Tariq. I would imagine that you do as well after what you've shared here today, and that's fine. I take exception to this because of what I said earlier. She crossed a lane over into politics with faith, and she brought a false gospel with her. So either you understand the lanes in which you've been called to occupy, or you stay the hell out of one and occupy the other. So as someone who spoke with you, Tariq, about the blood of Jesus, which I do believe has atoned and reconciled for all of our individual and collective sins, I understand that we are having a political, a socio-political and governmental conversation about this. I am capable of chewing gum and walking at the same time, contrary to what my blonde hair may lead some of you to believe. But I take exception to this because the church has been infiltrated with it. Politics has been infiltrated with it. In the meantime, we have a country full of people that don't know whether we're coming or we're going, whether to hate each other or how we're going to repair something, if it's ever going to be repaired, do we trust each other? And all of this is very much so manufactured, in my humble opinion, by your military industrial complexes, whether as well as other industrial complexes. So, Christopher, thank you for bringing it full circle. Back to how this started, uh, you know, Beth goes on to she's got problems uh, with Donald Trump because he said the P word and she's been traumatized sexually. So, again, you know, it, it all goes back to politics and it's infiltrated the church as well. And I think that's a real shame. So I think these are conversations worth having personally. And whenever you see stuff like this, it gets convoluted. It becomes extremely divisive. And you can't have an honest conversation without two opposing sides and people who are actually articulate and intelligent enough, no matter how uh, different they are in their opinions, 
able to come to the table and have a conversation about it. So I do thank everyone in here today for being, um, you know, humble enough to be able to come up and share stuff. And if I agree, I agree. If I don't, I don't. Who cares? We're all going to go on about our business tonight. Uh, Treat, do you have anything else that you would like to add, sir? Or did you leave the group? Or did you just put me on mute because I went to Jesus? I don't know. No, he does. Okay. <laughs> he may have actually taken a bathroom yeah. break, which all of us need to do. Uh, but I tell you what, the people in YouTube, man, um, they're getting busy over here. Not happy. But th- this is how this conversation started because narratives matter. Tropes matter. Hollywood understands that. Entertainers understand that. Movies, uh, musicians understand that. Words matter. Uh, the Bible's very clear about that. Matter of life and death, your words matter. Um, and so, you know, I, this is where it's like, we got to understand the narrative war space that we're living in right now. And so, yeah, I just, uh, whoever was next go for it. Well, one of the things that I wanted to say, and trust me, my timeline and my, my DMs are um, getting the same, <laughs> um, enthusiasm that, that you're getting. Monica. The problem is today is pe- people like to throw throw everybody in a box um if you don't agree with someone or you're a white supremacist or you you know you're in support of slavery and i know the vast majority of people that we're in spaces with routinely are people of god and and they don't value one person over another regardless of what they look like or who they believe in or or other political beliefs they're just not like that and what what's unfortunate is there were some crimes that our country committed atrocities that our country committed and and they're and and rightfully so there's unsettled pain that comes along with that and i think everybody can emphasize with that but to punish people in the current country because that pain exists all you're doing is is now you're you're committing an atrocity against another you're just you're just you're keeping the circle going is what, what you're doing and what people need to realize it's not about race spirituality or gender anything like that more it's class you know it's you know who's it george carlin that said it best you know there's a group of people out there and we're not in it and that we're not in it includes everybody that's probably in this space right now has nothing to do with your color you know you're either in that elite satanic group or you're not and you know my issue is you know you you have to read he has a large following he's in a position to really sow unity Sorry, my little one's excited. <laughs> she, she agrees. Apparently, you can't you can't sow unity when you're telling people that hey, you know we're better than this person. You know we're we're entitled and we're you know we're superior in this. And I heard it. You know whether he wanted to acknowledge it or not. Enough of the people have been in his faces in here where he said, you know we're genetically superior. We're this. You know we're all created equal in the eyes of God. You know, and, and that's and that's just the way I will always see it. Nobody will ever convince me different of that. You know, but I'm, I'm a firm believer that you know prayer and and a faith in God is is how we're gonna we're gonna win this. But you know, the division is exactly what the people at the top of that pyramid want. Because if we're fighting each other, blaming each other, hating each other, making demands from each other, then we're never looking up. And as, as long as we're not looking up, we don't get to stop them from doing what they want to do to us. 
Amen to that. All right, who's next? We're going to take a few more people, and uh, I have got uh, got some things I need to take care of today, but I think Tariq has uh, left the space. So did about 400 people who followed him in here, and that's cool. Um, but, you know, the conversation can go on for a little while. I'm actually going to close out my podcast uh, actually right now. So if you guys can bear with me, I'm going on four hours and 10 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, I need to, uh, end this and, uh, oh, and okay. 10, I just saw your, um, I just saw your message. So if you'll give me just a few minutes, let me, um, let me go ahead and, and knock this out. Hold on one second. 10, do you I can, uh, I can keep, I can keep tabs on things if you want. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, yeah. He bailed. Okay, cool. All right, here you go. Um, I'm going to bring up his All right, cool. All right, so hey, you guys in uh, YouTube world, sorry, you're welcome to jump into the space on Twitter, but I'm about to shut this party down uh, and just keep it rolling in the Twitter spaces for just a little while longer. I know some people have been waiting for a very long time, uh, patiently, and so looking forward to hearing uh, to some of you. And, uh, you know, before I let you guys go in YouTube world um, and in my Twitter space, uh, my live show, Something I do uh, at the end of every show is I uh, I pray. And uh, whether you're a believer or not, that's cool. If you don't want the blessing, just don't receive it. Don't be offended. But uh, Father, I just thank you for this time today. I thank you for freedom of speech. I thank you for a sober mind and a clean conscience. I thank you for a sober heart. I pray for my country and that you would bring us into unification, Lord, through that atoning blood. I pray for great ideas to come forth and to spring forth suddenly. I thank you that your people hear your voice and will speak truth to lies and will call down those systems that do attempt to erect themselves above the knowledge of your throne. And all those vain imaginations, Father, that you told us to cast down in your name. So I thank you that we have the right in this country to do so. That we have the authority in this country to do so. Um, Irrespective of our skin color. That paper matters. Our Constitution matters and your word matters. Our Bill of Rights matter. So I thank you for the men and women who are defending those documents, defending the ideology of equality, of opportunity for all. And I thank you that we have come as far as we have. And I thank you for the distance that we have yet to go. So I pray peace over every one of these spaces and that your heart will not be troubled, that you will not leave this space or YouTube or Twitter offended and that uh, that your heart, your mind will be ruled by the peace of Christ and the understanding of Christ. We've got a long way to go in this country. And the bottom line is uh, we need each other, whether we realize it or not. Thank you very much for joining me today. I know it's been a long one. Uh, podcasters, you guys have got like four days worth of podcasting. And you know the deal, monicamatthews.com backslash gold co. Get your money into something that you can actually protect it, some gold and silver. Also, mypillow.com. Use my code, M-O-N-I-C-A, for up to 66% off. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. 